listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Blackout Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod, joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we're live on a Tuesday, a very special Tuesday for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the day before my birthday. Yes, it is. Woo! But I already bought my birthday present for myself. Mm-hmm. I woke up and got an Xbox, uh, like Xbox Series S. Mm-hmm. I reserved it uh because i know my dick is good okay and that's what i hear out here on twitter is that if you're having (laughs) if you're having the appropriate amount of sex and it's good enough that you will be bought an xbox but i'm like i you know i believe in myself so i'm just gonna take care of it on my own um it's also a very special day because we have a very special guest friend of the show uh he's been on uh quite a few times he's actually uh it was a long time it was on a few times and then it was a long time between times and then he was on this year and it was like anytime you want to come back you just let us know mike okay don't be a stranger Mm-mm. and you know what he's not being a stranger no. it's mike kaplan whose album aka has been submitted for a grammy nomination Ooh, yay! Thank, you. Thank, oh, thank you thank you it's it's an honor merely to be submitted to be considered to be nominated so thank you uh <laughs> thanks is- for, for getting it right too uh i've been telling you know i've been spreading the word to hopefully reach eventually the the ears have the album reached the ears of the grammy voters uh the recording academy uh if you are one thank you for considering if you're not one thanks for telling them and if you don't know any of them thanks for telling everyone but i've been i've been telling everyone and my dad passed along the message to my uncle and aunt and i got a text from them they're like you've been nominated for an emmy and i was like uh not exactly on two counts but uh i have i am creating a new uh award as well called the grammys which is seems like it's a combination uh but you just get it uh for watching the movie gremlins anyone can get a grammy if they want to well i got uh, one I actually, I actually yeah, have a you couple. You get a Grammy and I got a you couple. get a Grammy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Grammys too. You can get multiple Grammys <laughs> uh, for every time. Uh, and a buddy of mine, Alex Hooper, is a funny comedian who, when I I was helping spread, I was like, "Would you mind helping spread the word?" He's like, "Yes, I want to get you one of those shiny, shiny metal." Uh, objects, one of those shiny metal trophies, and I was like, they should all just be called the shinies. So I'm just yeah. trying to get a shiny, you know. <laughs> well, I, I hope you get it. Um, Me too. I mean, obviously, I hope you get nominated, and then I hope you get it. Um, Thank you. And what is that? Pro- do you know what that process is, is like? Like, what the next step in the process would be, or when do sure. you hear back? Uh, I can tell you what I know, which is that right now the first round of voting, like submissions, happened earlier in the year. And, uh, I think, you know, I, I've never done it before, but I, I don't know if I, I probably could have, but this year is the first year that I have an album that I'm like, this is, uh, representative of like what I, what I want to be doing in comedy in the world the most right now. And, uh, I think, you know, if I just care about having made it and, mm. uh, if, if it can also, if this can help more people hear it and share about it then uh, i'll i'll also accept i don't know if there's like a cash prize the the as i understand it the first round of voting starts september 30th uh which is next week Mm. and uh and goes through for like uh, maybe two weeks or something and uh then there's an uh another round maybe a month or a couple months later and i don't know how many rounds there are 
but so I'm focused on right now, uh, leading up to the first round, which I know about. And, uh, yeah, so just trying to, trying to let everyone know with various hashtags and, uh, yelling in their ears. Yeah, it's, it's really weird, like, awards in general, you know, just the idea of them, because it's like, you made this art and you made it to the best of your ability. It may even be your best work which is already like you know something to be proud of yes and then to turn around and be like but it's also better than your work and better than your work (laughs) and your best work was okay but it wasn't as good as my best work (laughs) (laughs) there's yeah there's a uh i think it's a childish gambino lyric that's something like you're just mad because i'm doing me better than you're doing you yes Mm -hmm. yes that's Uh, it and we can all obviously like inherent in that message is we can all do ourselves uh i don't know if that's the correct uh (laughs) conjugation of that but we can all do us uh the best that we can individually and then at a certain point like when i was on america's got talent i wrote a joke about how weird it is just that you know the best the best comedians are going up against the best circus performers and orchestras <laughs> and dogs and children rapping and like it's like which one of these you know like is the greatest meal tastier than the best jazz album is jazzy like it doesn't make it doesn't make sense and no. so it's all bonus like it's not to say i think right. it's only about you know it's only about winning it's not about losing it's only about like sell it's celebrating right celebrating like when people have achieved things it really truly is not only just an honor to be nominated or considered for it or submitted to it but like just to even get to do anything to get to Mm -hmm. be to create art to create comedy to create music to enjoy to create a podcast that you love doing that people enjoy watching uh and listening to uh can i say a quick thing about your shirt also your outcast shirt uh which i love uh so and this is sort of i i'm gonna in advance it's gotta be kind of about celebrating a fun thing that i said but seen through the eyes of a friend of mine uh named joe karg who lives in atlanta and one day several years ago was walking through a park in atlanta and ran into uh, Andre 3000 and was like, oh, my God. And they talked for I don't know how long, but they had like a substantial conversation just and he told me and my friend Joe told me about this. And he's like, wow, like it, it was just so he said, what if man, imagine if I had gone to a different park that day and Joe was talking to me the other day. He's like and he reminded me that. He said that, and that what I said back to him was, yeah, imagine who you would have met in that park, you know? <laughs> and then he said to me, he's like, man, I guess you're right. If you're looking for Andre 3000s, you're going to find Andre 3000s. And I'm like, maybe at the other park, you would have met Andre 4000. You didn't know. <laughs> Andre Infinity yes. is hanging yeah. out at the park down the street. You just didn't even Why know. Why are you limiting yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's- Andre Numericals. Yeah. <laughs> um it's it's funny too because uh andre uh i don't know if he still does but i know i have it on very good authority he used to listen to our show so it's like such a s- small world because it's like uh he's one of my favorite rappers if not my favorite so then it's like like they're not like that's when this kind of thing that we do became real to me because i was like yes. shit people could hear this and we don't know who could hear this Mm-mm. or what they think about it right or any of this stuff we're just kind of putting this up putting it out there 
and it freaked me out at first but then after a while i just became comfortable being like but this is who we are Mm -hmm. and i'm comfortable in who we are and i feel like this is what's representative of us at the moment and the next moment and and all that stuff so like it kind of became like you know it it became like a thing that went from like kind of a scary idea to not and it makes me think about the the award stuff like with the grammys and emmys and stuff how you're right you it's your perception so the perception is this is all gravy so i you know i made a great album i love it you know because that's step one right it could have been like you could have made the album and been like oh this was not my best work at all so boom that's that's a positive thing (laughs) then it's like oh other people like it okay oh the people who made the album with me think it's good enough that we should submit it to for an award Mm -hmm. if you know like that's another positive um and it is weird that we perceive the negative in the thing that really was never promised anyway so it's like oh you didn't win the grammy it's like there were 27 steps i didn't think could happen yeah and i made it to 26 so whatever so like I, I, to be I am here happy, you know because a lot of times me and Roderick, we depending on the situation we're just happy to be in a room so we always look at every situation as something positive right and what can we get out of it and we've been in situations where other people around us would be upset and we'd be like we're just happy we're in the room we're just happy to be here i'm having a ball i got to travel right. i didn't have to pay for it like i have no complaint yeah, i remember we went to a uh, festival one time for a podcast and we were like to, in my opinion the little podcast that could there right yes like everybody else was huge. some of these podcasts like they had people coming like dressed up as like uh fantasy role-playing character yes like they like they were intense you know what i mean like and we a lot of those people what we do and what those other shows do completely different there's uh the guy who made the podcast about like i think it's called sleep with me or something where like he helps you go to sleep every mm-hmm. night it's a huge right. podcast and, and people were showing up in pajamas yes and were. all like it was just so uh-huh. i was like look at these people and you know like filling up rooms and stuff and then we had probably like 30 40 people that came just to see us and we were just like excited like oh my god 30 40 people to see us and i remember we were talking to another podcaster and he was kind of like man you know they should have put y'all in this other room and y'all should have been a part of this show and y'all should have done that and i was like i'm gonna be honest i wasn't even thinking about that shit Mm-mm. like i like i did not even care because i had so much more fun just concentrating on the positive aspects of what we're doing and i and maybe because i do have a little bit of a cynical attitude i was more like thinking what could go wrong and then nothing was going wrong everything was going right it was like oh we met new people new people like this yes. we like them you know uh people were bringing us gifts yes. and shit yes. like it was crazy it, it, and 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 i think that's what made the the whole process not so draining and it made the whole process just a better experience and I think if more people had that attitude, it would make life just easier to navigate and just make make it more happier for you regardless of the outcome. Because I ended up meeting another podcaster that I interviewed years ago, and mm-hmm. they remembered me, and they showed up because they were on the panel too. And I was like, who would have thought that I would have met another podcaster a thousand miles away from home and we ended up making a lot of new fans yes who were there because they were fantasy role playing and shit yes. and they were like let me just stop in and see what these guys are talking about oh they're pretty funny and some of them still listen to this day so like mm-hmm. it's just interesting how like you can choose to take the positive from experience yes. or you can kind of like choose to to concentrate on the what you perceive as a negative from the experience and i think that's kind of the thing like I, I think mike when i uh 
when i think of mike and uh, his feed on on twitter i'm always like how does he stay so positive Positive. like yes it is like is it a constant like work that you're working at or is it just like your default mood like how how do do you do that or is it just like you know this is what i choose to share with you as a positive and then some days i just don't share that's a great question uh i hear an echo now oh oh sometimes it does that when we've talked a lot and then the other person starts to talk but it normally goes away um okay okay uh so great question we got one one comment uh suggesting the answer is mushrooms and that is certainly a part of it uh but i first of all i love everything that you just said i feel like i mean one of the reasons it's so like wonderful and like warm to talk to you it's like this game recognize game you know like (laughs) there's there's a thing that uh ramdas said once about how you know everybody's going through life you know kind of being themselves, doing their own thing. And like every once in a while, you might catch a glimpse of someone who is just at home. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, like at home in in what they're doing and who they are, perhaps in their career, in their art, in their work. And it might not be that, and maybe there's some enlightened beings, some divinely uh, enlightened beings that are like that all the time, like Buddha type folks, Jesus type folks. And then there are some of us who, you know, aren't necessarily in that place all the time, but perhaps, you know, maybe under the influence of a psychedelic or maybe <laughs> under the influence of meditation or just, you know, with the gratitude that you you have had for, you know, the experiences that you've had, the the partner or partners that you have, you know, the love in your life, your family, your friends. If you've had a moment of joy or bliss or flow or creative realization where if something has ever gone right for you and you can remember that, like, that knowing that and then you know if not not chasing that but being aware that that is possible being grateful for that can be a thing that helps helps me build up like i don't wake up every morning like here we go like often (laughs) i wake up like with a a swarming storm of like what what do i think has to happen today what do i have on the schedule what emails haven't i responded to like what things are like lie in the balance in my own life in the world in our society in other people's lives and then i'm like what can i do and so i start with meditation i start with drinking water i start with reading something that uh that makes me feel good for at least 10 or 15 minutes something peaceful maybe something spiritual uh and then i do some you know free writing and just that settles me and Mm -hmm. so to answer your question specifically uh, I'm definitely, you know, I, I'm literally not sharing. I'm certainly not literally sharing every thought I'm having every moment of the time. Like I'm here now glad to share with you like that right now I'm experiencing, you know, great gratitude for this moment, for this opportunity, for this connection, for this communion, for everything that you're sharing that resonates. And then it's like a positive feedback loop that, mm. you know, it's not it's not possible for everyone to be experiencing this all the time, given their circumstances. Like there's so many people, you know, that don't have enough food or shelter or clothing. And like, hopefully those of us who do can do whatever we can to be aware and, and remember the times when we have felt more in need, more calling for love than capable of offering it. And then what can we do? What individual active actions can we take? What collective actions can we take? And so, Certainly, I, I know that I am fortunate in so many ways, and uh, I've been, like, lucky for a lot, like, for where I was born, for 
who I, who, you know, who my parents are for, you know, my, my gender, my, you know, all the, all the ways in which I haven't even had to confront so many things that everyone has had to confront in their lives that mm. I didn't even know about until people were like, Hey, did you know? Right. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I think that everything's just been fine for me. So why hasn't it been fine for everyone? What are you talking about? Uh, and so. I, I do want to, I want to put, you know, I want to say things that are true and, you know, my experience and hopefully universally, if not accessible in the moment, can at least be of help, of service, mm. of, you know, whether it's to help people laugh or to address, like, I feel like some of the jokes that I make are about the challenges that the world is facing that I hope isn't just like a, oh no, what can we do about it? It is, it's like this, like, but, we always, whatever we, we always can do something in our own mind and life and day, like while we're alive and awake and breathing. So I do think it is, it has been a practice. It has been, uh, like a, a constant state of reminding myself and remembering, uh, that this is a possibility and that, and to be compassionate with myself and with others at whenever I, whenever I'm like, oh God, no, like the, mm. our laundry machine isn't working right now. And my computer is almost full. I'm like, I'm grateful to have a computer, but like, I almost couldn't save a podcast that I did earlier. Mm. And I'm like, I could tell you all of the things that I'm like, oh, like, I, I hope that this is okay. Like I'll get a new computer at some point. Well, I can bring my laundry somewhere else. Like it's, but the amount of you know, the, the time in the day and the things like, Right now, up until I started thinking about that, like I wasn't focusing on those things now and right. I'm not focusing on those things now. And like I will I'm capable I'm capable of addressing a full computer. I'm capable of addressing <laughs> like, you know, uh, a, a wet laundry machine right. uh, a, a, that isn't draining. I'm capable like I'm like I've done things before. I've, I think I've dealt with like I'm, I addressed like the loss of my grandmother earlier this year, and I continue to address that. And uh, my, and when my mother is challenged and sad, and I've been talking with her on the phone more frequently, and like doing my best to care for myself. And you know, I think they say like you know, care for the person in front of you right mm -hmm. now. And then, you know, if you have the time and effort and resources and wherewithal to help other people, so certainly when I'm reaching out with on social media, with tweets, with posts, like those are times when clearly I'm not like busy dealing with the laundry, busy right. dealing with, you know, it's not just a lie. Like, so it's, I think by, by virtue of necessity, it has to be when I have at least a moment to sit, mm. uh, to think, to express, be like, what do I want to express in this time that I do have? So it might be the same way that, advice columns i listen to like dan savage's savage lovecast uh mm -hmm. all the time and whenever it comes out i listen to it and he often says like that his mailbox is has a skewed sample of people who are writing to him with problems like so whenever somebody's like i'm in this kind of relationship and i'm having this challenge he's like i don't most people don't write to me when they're fine most people right. are writing to me when they need help so i have a skewed sample in that way and i think that my 
my social media feed is a skewed sample, perhaps slightly in the other way. Like I don't want to not share when I'm dealing with a challenge. Like, like every month when on the anniversary of my grandmother's death, I like, I'll post a photo of her and a memory and like that. I'm thinking about her and that it's like a, you know, a yin yang of sorrow and joy of remembering Mm. and celebrating so that it's not as simple as like my feed is just positivity, but it's like, it, my goal is to highlight the moments that I am, you know, grateful for to be able to share these mm-hmm. moments of joy. Uh, I, and think, I know that was think, a lot. No, no. First of all, that was a very complete answer. We appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, and I think also um, one thing I've noticed on social media, a lot of you statements, I believe, are for the person writing them yes you know 100%. so hundred percent yeah so like a lot was like if someone tweets something like you can get through this you've gotten through other things or whatever it's like That's they're also saying i got i can get through this i want to this is a positive affirmation for me and you you know it's kind of like the um the people who say stuff they start tweets with like uh when are we gonna have the conversation about blank and it's always like that means you haven't had that conversation yet and now you you recognize there's been a there needs to be a conversation and you don't really know where that conversation's been happening or not happening so you're like come to me let's let's do a conversation about this topic that i don't normally talk about um which i always just find interesting to to kind of flip it like that whenever i read that stuff oh yeah yeah there's uh it's like classic stuff like age old stuff that I've literally just learned in the past couple of years. Like my girlfriend has been very helpful. I have a new friend, uh, Gus, who is a Buddhist and a therapist. Mm. And he shared with me once this story about being, I think, in a, uh, a group therapy session. And uh, one of the people in the group uh, said, okay, what about this? What if there's a person on one side of a door and it's locked and they're not opening it up. And the other person's like knocking on the door being like, Hey, let me in. We have to like help. Like, and he's like, so which of the people in that situation is the one who has to change? Mm -hmm. And then Gus said that what he said was, well, that depends. Which one are you? Mm. Like you are the only per like you can't, the answer, my girlfriend always says this. uh, She always is like the answer to your, the solution to your problems can't be, someone else has to do something like and that doesn't mean that there aren't things outside of ourselves that are beyond our control that it would be great if they weren't happening Mm -hmm. but like if you're in the rain you the answer to i'm getting wet can't be it has to stop raining it has to be like let me see if i can find some cover find an umbrella or become okay with being rained on right now change something in my if you can change your circumstances great if you can change your attitude about your circumstances great but it can't be the answer to everything can't be somebody else has to do Mm. something because and so like the tweets that you're talking about where people are like you know what's wrong with people you know what people have to do people have to stop being so judgmental (laughs) and like oh well like (laughs) let's see if if we and that's a thought that I've I've probably been that person. Right. I've probably been a person that's like it would be great if everyone would do this. So the next step is I'm part of everyone. So let me do this. Like right. I was just sharing I, I, with a friend. About I, uh, it. Oh, go go. One, one of the things on Twitter that um, I had to recognize for myself was I would do things like. Uh, I would say the opposite of what I really meant. So like I hadn't examined what I really had thought about. Like I hadn't thought all the way through. So I would be like, 
i'm gonna say this statement and i just want everyone to agree and i'd say a statement that obviously not everyone's gonna agree there's mm-hmm. so many people on twitter yes and then i would be like and i don't want anyone to argue with me but then i would argue with the people who argue with me and then i would go back and forth <laughs> and, then, and so eventually i just was like but what can i can control like i can't yes. you know and like what impulses do i lack the willpower to control and also what do i really want because sometimes what you really want is to argue with somebody like it's not right necessarily and you need to examine why you want to do that but yes but that is what you want you're saying the opposite of what you want you're saying i don't want anyone to interact with me you know um you know i'm saying don't pay me attention but i'm sharing this thing in this place that's called attention land yes so so i think that is a big uh thing too is like if you know yourself you have to know yourself before you can even like change your attitude or understand Mm -hmm. where your attitude is coming from or the impulses that control like your actions and stuff i think that's a very difficult thing for people to master or i don't think anyone can maybe not master is the wrong word but But, it's a very difficult thing to even have a mindfulness of at all times because you know we just slip into it so easily yeah and and also i think uh a lot of that comes with age and maturity because as you get older you just experience different things like your attitude changes your frame of mind changes your body changes, mm-hmm. you know, you mentally and spiritually, you just grow in all these areas, good or, for the good and the bad, you just grow in all these areas, and then you get to the point where you can re-examine it based on the history. But right. if you don't have the history, you can't examine it, so you don't know that there needs to be a change if you haven't been doing the behavior long enough to right. realize that the change needs it's like to happen. You almost need the experience of making those, uh, I'm going to say mistakes or whatever, yes. but they become those learning experiences yes. to be like, oh, this didn't feel me. Like, I thought this, saying this statement and a lot of people paying attention to it would give me like something inside. Mm-hmm. And and maybe it did give me something, but it, it was anxiety or it was, uh, right. you know, it was, depression. <laughs> it yes. was something I didn't want. Mm-hmm. That, and so you experience that and you go, oh, I don't want to do that again, you know, because I think you can kind of go into that spiral. And then the other thing is once I took that responsibility for myself, I was, you know, like to get out the rain or to get the umbrella or whatever, or to change my attitude about being in the rain. That was when i saw it in other people like my yes. like when my friends i have a you know you might text them hey everything okay i noticed kind of arguing a lot on facebook or whatever mm-hmm. you know just want to check you out you know everything you if sure you're fine you're fine okay. yeah. if you're fine you're fine but if you want to talk about things with someone who's not gonna like assume the worst of you and, and not and gonna yell judge at you, you. And yeah because a then, lot of people uh, are afraid of being judged and i think that uh for a lot of people particularly with social media and all the things that are going on it's very hard to get people to change that mindset, like Michael said. It's very hard to get people to understand difficult. that your your behavior is actually going through, uh, I guess, going through the water and affecting other things around you, regardless. Like, we're all connected, regardless if you realize it or not. Yeah. Your bad attitude can actually make somebody else's bad attitude, can make somebody else's bad well, attitude. The companies know it yes they like, do I, I don't know if, uh mike if you watched the documentary social dilemma it's on oh uh, yeah yeah oh, like yeah. I, I, they know for everyone yeah just a, a quick recap of that movie is it's all about how the technology companies the social media companies are trying to manipulate everyone and their work it's manipulating everyone except for me please go yeah, on yeah 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 <laughs> the rest of you have a problem but me and mike got this thing yeah. figured out so yeah uh, but but like see like i mean we kind of already knew this stuff because we read a lot and we talk Mm -hmm. about it on the show a lot but still 
when you watch the movie uh other than kind of the reenactments i thought the reenactments are a little oh yeah yeah they got you <laughs> they could have took that out no i mean you know glad those guys got work it's good to see pete from uh mad men <laughs> but in, yeah. in, in general i was like this is 20 minutes too long but um seeing the way that the like algorithms work mm-hmm. and how i think when we were uh younger and we had that or just the concept of ais was in movies and tv and stuff yes it was the stuff like artificial intelligence won't be like us it's not going to be biased it won't be racist because it won't care about race it won't be classes because it's not going to care what classroom it's not going to be sexist and, and right and instead what happens is that the AI, one the ai is created by humans right who have all those things but then also the ai is almost worse because it's apolitical like it doesn't give a fuck it's like Mm-mm. what are oh, the result the best result this is gonna put you in a group that like it'll keep you clicking but this group is saying coronavirus isn't real and you shouldn't wear a mask i actually don't care what that does to humanity Mm-mm, you know mm-mm, oh this group mm-mm. here this group is gonna tell you to go out with a gun and um stand in the streets and uh shoot at black lives matter protesters i mean you're clicking a lot and you're that like activity you're looking at ads and you're like this is what we want this interaction so i think like being aware of that minefield also helps because like you said your mentality it, yeah. it is infectious it does affect other people but it also on this online it moves you to a to other places so if you do kind of harbor more uh aggressive stuff it moves you to the aggressive part of social media and now you're surrounded by that aggression and it becomes that feedback loop that like mike was talking about um as opposed to what i'm into now is kind of like a personal feedback loop so like like gratitude right so gratitude to me is almost like exercise when you go out and exercise you like sometimes you don't want to do it but you go out and you exercise and you know for a fact it's going to make your brain think faster it's going to make your body healthier it's going to make you drink more water it's going to like it's going to have a bunch of positive effects and if you do it then you want to do it again like it's hard it's easier to do it the next day than it was the day before and then the next day and then eventually it becomes like a habit and now you're like i just i'm a person who exercises and i think gratitude is like that mindfulness is like that uh meditation is like that like it's, it's kind of that thing and but it's a personal thing as opposed to a social media thing or something external coming into you yeah and also i think that truth be told social media strips that out of humanity social media those things you talk about social media is designed to strip that out because you're talking about an ai that doesn't care about those emotions and doesn't care about the impact on you and doesn't care about the sadness it brings the depression it brings the anger it brings the anxiety it brings it goes are you clicking yes or no and so people are trapped in this like they're trapped in this thing that's kind of mapping out their minds and then it's an addiction too because it lights up the part of your brain just reward 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 and so people think you're crazy when you tell people hey you need to actually take a social media break you need to actually delete the apps for a second you need to actually step back i know for me i think i did this thing for maybe about a week i uh deleted my personal facebook page mm-hmm. and I had anxiety. That's when I knew it was addiction. Like I knew it was, I was addicted because, and not only did it give me anxiety, they asked me like three or four times. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Do, take a break. Take 30 days. Yeah. Are you sure? We won't delete it. Are you sure you want to leave? I like, are you positive? Like it literally asked me like four or five times. 
it's you very know, much like a drug dealer. Yes, like, it's, it's like you. No, you, you just know, need a break. You, you just, just need, need a break. You just, know, you'll be you'll be you'll be back on the drugs next week. <laughs> he, guys, imagine imagine if you had to unsubscribe from your drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, look, I'll give you some more two weeks free for this yes, point. A up. better just, discount. Just say, right. just say, that's what's happening because there's. If you ever look at a video online that has like a million views, it'll have, let's say, you know, a hundred thousand likes. Let's say it has 10,000 dislikes. Mm-hmm. But then if you look at the comments, it'll have a disproportionately high number of negative comments compared to how many people watched it and liked it because people who just like it just go on with their day. And we that's do. not good for the business, for the clicks, for mm-hmm. the likes, because they're, they're in the business of keeping you wanting, like capitalism, yeah. like advertising. Like you, if you have, we, so many people have what they need like you don't need the newer thing if your older thing is working if you have enough food like you don't need a more a newer every kind of ooh it's in a different carton now it's a different color <laughs> yes. it has a slightly different name and flavor and so the thing that's going on on Facebook I just had this thought it's like we're like that the effectiveness of it it's good at doing the thing that it's doing but it's not doing an ethical moral thing Mm-mm. it's like it's basically like the equivalent I'm sorry to jump to this but of saying like Hitler you have to admit he was a good public speaker <laughs> yes. it's like yeah social media is good at enslaving people right. in a way electronically <laughs> technologically you have to admit that it's a good authoritarian government if you have to, you, you must admit that it's effective at doing this thing and there's a a thing I have like seven things I want to say, but mm. I'll I'll do one at a time and continue the conversation because I just, I love talking to y'all so much. Uh, a thing that's been valuable for me has been muting people who have consistently not provided value to my life on social media. Yes. Like if I if I post a uh, a thought about what I believe politically, sometimes there are people who respond respectfully and civilly and disagree. And I've had great conversations where I'm open to learning, where they're open to hearing what I have to say. Maybe we don't end up uh, changing each other's minds, but I do, like, if they provide stats that I didn't have or I provide a viewpoint that they didn't have, like, that can be valuable. But there's some people who, like, on almost every post that gets above a certain number of reactions Mm -hmm. uh, of a certain kind, Mm -hmm. like, they're there being like, but what about, but did you ever, but in the, I've been studying with my Buddhist friend, Gus, this, uh, this thing called Tibetan debate. It's Mm. a a structure of like, of debate that, you know, was made popular in, uh, Tibet and other Asian nations. Um, where one of the main things about it to have a valid argument, to have a valid point to make, it's necessary to have a person who wants to hear it, who agrees at least that the, the, uh, the undertaking that you're involved in is for you to both try to figure out what is true and what is real, like mm. in a process together by being like, okay, well, if this is true, then, then does that mean that this is true? And if this is true, then, and if there are people who don't accept your initial 
premises or definitions, then there's no way. And so I've been so it's been so joyful to be able to see like and I give I give people a chance. Like right. if I see a new name saying a thing that I don't agree with, I'll be like, oh, let me listen to what they're saying and offer my sincere response. And if they are not responding in good faith, then after a certain after one or two posts, I'll be like, well, I don't think that we are going to either of us gain anything out of this. I don't think it's uh, optimal for people to only live in a bubble with people who right. already preach to the same choirs and believe the same things. It's important to expand the comfort zone. And I have plenty of, plenty of beloved friends who I don't agree about everything with right. and family members who I'm like, I'm glad to love this person and care for this person and push them and let them push me because we know deep down, like we care about each other and we have the same goal of, of being heard and hearing one another and trying to strive for the truth. And I don't owe any stranger uh, a specific, anything beyond, you know, civility, kindness, respect. I don't owe anyone a specific response. Nobody owes anyone that like, like, but you know, freedom of like, there's no like legal concerns. There's no ethical morality responsibility. It's just like my friend, Zach, Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Sherwin, wonderful comedian and creator of all kinds of wonderful comedy and rap art. MC Uh, MC Napkins. Oh yeah. Yeah. Previously, <laughs> MC Mr. Napkins, yes. now just the, the original name, Zach, Zach Sherwin. Sherwin. Uh, he has shared with me that like one time we were on tour and he bought this bag of chips and then he ate the whole bag of chips. Mm. And he's like, I got to not buy these bags of chips because once I have the bag of chips, I can't not eat all the chips. Mm. But I can, like level one, level two, I can not buy the bag of chips. Yes. He's like, I can even in the store, carry the bag of chips around and be like, you know what? Not going to get the bag of chips. It feels mm-hmm. good to think about getting it. And then never mind. Don't need to get it. Would rather not get the bag of chips in this particular situation. I don't want to eat more chips than I want. So I'm not going to get the chips for me. Once I start engaging with somebody online, it's very hard to stop. Yes. Once I bite yes. one, then I'm like, Oh, I got, I got, did they write back? Did I, did I win? Oh yeah. no, I lost three days. You know what I want to, I w- and so it feels so good when when a new one comes in from like a particular person. I'm like so grateful for these people to have helped me learn this lesson that like I've never won with them. I've right. only lost time and mm-hmm. gained anxiety, like and, you said. And, and just to be like, um, a lot of this stuff is about having attention. So like, even if it, as you feel like I'm not like i can't one i can't win i can only lose i'm wasting my time for them it's not the same all the time Mm -hmm. like if it was engaging in good faith they would probably feel that way too like like wow we're so disparate in our opinions that we're both unfulfilled but there's a weird thing where people feel fulfilled of just making you frustrated Mm -hmm. so like they're getting something and you're getting you're getting a negative experience to their like yeah but did you see how mad i had mike today he was so fucking mad as a vampire and energy vampire sucker like they just yeah. suck their energy out of you yeah there's a thing uh, i think I, I hope i get this quote right it's something like you know if you wrestle with a pig if you fight with a pig mm-hmm. then like a literal pig then you're both gonna get mud all over you mm-hmm. or shit all over you mm-hmm. but the pig loves it right so you can only save yourself question in the comments i see uh not block great depends on which social media we're talking about Mm -hmm. what i love uh is on facebook 
to hide a person's outrageous <laughs> yes, comment that if I disagree yes. with it. That's my yes. favorite thing to do. Hide it, and then I don't see it anymore. My fans and friends right. don't see it anymore. Only they see it, and they don't even know whether, like, they don't know if I'm looking at it every day. Right. Whatever it is, I'm I'm not thinking about it anymore. And if it's on Twitter, like, I have blocked people at times in the past yeah. when in an extreme situations, but mostly I will mute people because then if they're writing things, if they've written extensively, almost exclusively things that I didn't like seeing, then I'll be like, oh, then I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. I don't mind if they see my things and they respond or what, whatever they're doing doesn't matter to me. And I'd rather that because that also allows the things that I do see on Facebook or Twitter mm. or wherever to be the people who I want to see. And yes. the, there's a thing about the five people that you spend the most time with or however many it is, they are the people that you are most like. So yes. if you yourself become more more grateful, more focused on seeing what what are the positive things? What are the things that you're enjoying? Who do you want to engage with? That's why you will see it in other people. Right. You'll be like, oh, and you'll notice when it's not happening. You can be that person, that therapeutic, warm, hospitable, generous, gracious presence in the lives of your friends. And hopefully that can continue to, you know, move forward. Yeah, I had to lean into that. Like that was a thing for me was uh for a while I was kind of measuring things and like, well with what we do for a living we should want to be around the most people possible to like you know to like because it's your sphere of influence and they'll listen and they'll share the words and all this but then i realized it was taking a big toll on me because i would be around people that i was extremely uncomfortable around or um you know they would just do or say things i was like man that's like maybe they're nice to me but they're not nice to everyone or something like that and so it kind of became a thing where it felt like it was starting to change who i was and making me feel you know sick sometimes in my stomach like physically ill and so um i noticed as i like started embracing like no these are the values uh i have as a human being like you know for my parents from our relationship mm-hmm. from my friendships and i was just like i'm gonna just this is the person i am i hope people like it but if they don't it's like too bad kind of like not in a mean way but in a like you know because i'm taking in more than i'm putting out and it's or i'm putting out more than i'm taking in it's actually making me sad it's making me anxious it's making me depressed and so when i changed that though without even confrontation it did change the people around me like the people that i thought about of like man this person really makes me anxious or man this person's like so mean or so rude or they you know this person talked disrespectfully to my friend or something i'm like you know those kind of people just stopped hanging out and it, it was not not a fight it wasn't a um confrontation it's just like they their just spear just moved like they just was like okay I, there's nothing else left for me here um and i think that's what you have to do we we had this thing on our show where we read we used to read uh five star reviews of our show no matter what you said yes so some did. people would use it to troll us and it would be funny and cute but some people would be really mean mm-hmm. um and so then we had to change it like okay we'll read your five-star review but it has to be nice right and so uh which is much better because then only people that like it one only people that like it should be writing five-star reviews but right. also like which is more fair but also like it kind of like skewed towards like a more positive experience and then uh i tried a new thing this week where someone wrote a negative review but instead i just 
on the air just change it to positive and as i was reading this like <laughs> five stars they loved it that oh we're the best we are you loved us and that's and it's just like that is just better for me it's funnier yes. like it's you know i did read their negative things so you 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 know you did get to put that inside of my heart or whatever but i also got to be like i'm gonna put some of my positive inside of your heart you're gonna if you're listening to this and you're uh like i wanted them to feel bad well uh, we're a feel-good show you know yes, we I mean? are. like it's the wrong show to try to make us feel bad we don't want to feel bad and we don't want you to have to feel bad uh even I if you don't that. like it so so um, much uh the, the, that's oh wonderful. one more thing one more thing i was gonna say Please. um i think also you build community with your attitude so yes you do the, you're like it's gonna be reinforced by the people who are attracted to your energy as well we do um tv show recaps mm-hmm. and we when we do our tv show recaps we basically look for the positive we do so we don't like we like we like it's been literally years since we reviewed a show where it was like i don't think i like this show anymore yeah, we won't cover it you know and so because i i just it feels weird to show up every week and be like okay guys i hated this but let's talk about it mm-hmm. like as a as an entertainment it's not even like a thing i have to do it's not like you know oh let's talk about my homework assignment i'm talking to you about a thing i chose to take my time and write like notes for and shit and so i think it changed the show and it changed like i think it separates what we do from other shows because you know most shows i think they get into reviewing the shows and they want to do like a you know if i didn't like it i just want to like rant about what what i don't like and if i loved it i want to just rant about what i love but i think when we just go oh this okay so even if we thought the episode was just okay or bad look at all the fun shit that happened zombies were eating people and (laughs) things were flying and there's a unicorn like isn't that fucking crazy like i i I think that approach is hard for people to grasp yes it is you know because we've had people that were like uh you know uh how come you don't have as many guests anymore i was like i think it's because we know what we're doing you know what i mean like we we're cooking the recipe of the thing and we know exactly what we wanted to be and not everyone grasp that you know what not I mean? everyone gets it nor do they understand the vibe of right. what we're trying to to present now mike are you still doing like um because i know the pandemic's changed so much mm-hmm. but i know you were like volunteering and going to the courthouse and all this stuff has it changed all of that stuff too i imagine new york city i know it was shut down for a while um i imagine it's changed a lot uh yes great question um so i have so many more things to say. I'm sure I won't get to say them all, but I will answer. No, this go question. ahead. Go ahead. And, As, oh, uh, yeah. No, no, no. Answer I, this I one and answer, go back to your this, things. This one, I'll do this one first, then I'll roll all the way back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have uh, my girlfriend, Rini, who I live with, uh, has asthma. And as such, I am being uh, extra cautious about mm-hmm. where I'm going outside of essential uh, out of the house things. I've only seen my mother once in a park, you know, in six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna see her again because I love her and I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm confident that I can do that as safely as possible in an outdoor situation before it gets, you know, too cold right. out to do that comfortably. But, uh, so I, I haven't been going to, I don't actually know if Court Watch NYC, uh, is sending, I, I know that they certainly, at the beginning of the pandemic, we're like, we understand if you're yeah. uh, not going into buildings, uh, that's a good thing to do. <laughs> but what 
what I have substituted for uh, that, those two sessions a month that I was aiming for, is uh, text banking, uh, activist text banking, which is actually what I was doing right before uh, your show now, which is why, like, it was previously uh, 5 p.m. every Tuesday. Now it's, I found out today it's starting 6 p.m., so uh-huh. I, I texted fast today, then got over here. But uh, so now basically every Tuesday, but I can also do it other days as well. Uh, these different organizations like People's Action Network, I think is what it's called, and mm-hmm. uh, Vocal NY, and then all these different like uh, sibling organizations around the country, like different local, uh, you know, city and state organizations that are aiming to get out the vote for progressive candidates. You know, uh, Ayanna Presley was in the Zoom meeting today, like, you know, sort of uh, pep talking and talking about like what the the important work that everyone's doing. And then I don't know if you if y'all have text banked, but uh, it's sort of like like phone banking. Like, you know, you might imagine, you know, calling people being like, hey, uh, who are you voting for? Have you heard about this latest thing? Like, please end mass incarceration. Please don't incarcerate anybody. Please. Uh, <laughs> no racism, et cetera. Um, text banking. Maybe you've gotten texts that are like, mm-hmm. hey, Rod, uh, this is a person with this organization. Yes. Uh, have you gotten your mail-in ballot? Who are you voting for? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about these issues? And then if you write back yes or no or leave me alone, then you'll get either a text back or not. And so I'm one of the people uh, sometimes on the other end of those texts now. So there's like some templates, you know, that uh, like will we'll go out to be like, you know, who are you voting for? Like, you know, one Trump to five Biden. And then depending on what people write back, there are different questions. If they say, uh, don't contact me or stop texting or stop in all capitals, then uh, we we opt them out immediately. But if people respond, then uh, there are certain like uh, canned answers for like, how did you get my number? Or like, I moved or wrong number or just yes or no. And like, well, great. Here's where to put your ballot. Here's how to order an absentee ballot. Here's how to do this. And then sometimes they ask questions and then there are actual legit conversations. Some of my favorite things are, though, like if it's like, hey, have you thought about uh, are you going to be supporting this, you know, Democratic candidate, this progressive candidate? If they're like, hell no, MAGA, then there's like an option where I <laughs> click and it's just like, thank you for sharing. Have right. a great day. <laughs> and so, sometimes they're just like, suck my ass. I'm like, thank you for sharing. Have a great day. You know, uh-huh. I wish you could. I wish it was. It's, I wish you could respond in, in Mike Kaplan text you know what i mean like be a big long block yeah like like if they send something like that (laughs) great like when was america great what what exactly is great about it what would you like to be what do you mean by (laughs) agreeing again which part you know like i would love like that would be a more of a significant like then they would be like stop take me off you know it's a it's a funny thing because uh speaking like based on what we've been talking about sometimes i will like there are people who will want to I don't know if this was like a real, if this was a real person Mm. or like a troll or what it was, but a person was, I wonder if I could find it because I think I, I took it down, but it's in my email somewhere. But somebody was like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be voting for this candidate who supports this progressive cause. And I was like, come on, why not? And they're like, because it's not progressive enough. Did you ever think about how the Democratic Party is pro-slavery and pro- and, anti- like, and are That's saying black troll. lives don't matter enough? And I was like, whoa, this is not what I, I was really all geared up with all of the like, you know, the most left-wing talking right. points that I had available. Right. And that they were like, have you ever? And I'm like, because I'm a person who 
for sure, like I have friends who are like, but don't we need police when there is a violent crime? Right. And I'm like, that is a thing that happens. Like, it's like, those are like the people who are saying, doesn't, shouldn't Planned Parenthood not do abortions? Like, that's literally 3% of what they're doing. Right. And they're being called, like, it's like not the conversation that needs to happen right. when the thing that they are doing the most is not, is getting the least, like, yeah, fanfare see, when what they're did doing. You, yeah. Did you see the thing with Alyssa Milano where, uh, she called the police on someone that had like a B, a boy that had a BB, like, she thought it was a guy with a gun on her yard. Uh, it turned out to be a kid with a BB gun shooting at squirrels. Um, and, but people were presenting it like this hypocritical motherfucker. She says defund the police, but then she called them for someone with a gun on her property. Ha ha. And I was like, that's not the hypocritical s- at all. Mm-mm. Like, like if someone They're doing their job, if like number one, if someone had a weapon on your property, that is probably when you would want a police officer to show up, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's just number one, like of of the the range of things that can happen. But also, like because we don't have resources for shit other than police, you have it where they're showing up for everything. Yeah. Oh, my per- my friends having a mental and health that's crisis. The problem. Here come people with guns. Oh, my you know my cat got stuck up a tree. Here come some people with some guns. Like his death. Like that. Like it. They thought they had like a gotcha moment, but it was just so fucking stupid. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but oh, it made no, me think no, of no. that. It's a hundred percent. I mean, it seems weird that there there should be like different there's different emergencies there should be different emergency numbers like why is it that like if somebody needs medical help like there's police and fire and ambulances possible like Mm -hmm. the sirens should have different music also so you can know like is that one that's helping people or is that one that i'm mad at you know and like there's (laughs) so yeah i have been uh doing like there's a comedian nato green who i like a lot who, Mm. who also like as a day job works as like a union organizer and he's a guy who i'm like how much should i be doing to help like how how much because i you know we we all want to help others Mm -hmm. and live our own lives and i i don't want to speak for everyone there's a thing you you said earlier like i everyone will agree with this i want everyone to agree everyone should agree (laughs) there is this thing in buddhism buddhism makes this claim that what everyone wants what every individual wants is to increase happiness and decrease suffering Mm. for themselves Mm -hmm. and so that seems like that's where all of this is coming from everything that any one of us does whether even if people are like no happiness isn't for me no thank you like they really they want to feel better and have like love is the definition of love in buddhism is when you love someone you wish for their happiness to increase mm-hmm. and the definition of compassion in buddhism is when you are compassionate is when you wish for their suffering to decrease so that's the the only things that really like that's that's all of it like increasing our own and others uh happiness and decreasing our own and others suffering and so just to get to uh, that is why I, sorry, I asked, I asked NATO, I'm like, how much can I be? Cause like, if you, you put on your oxygen mask first, you're like, you gotta be able to hopefully breathe. You have to have enough food to live. You have to hopefully be able to pay for rent or your shelter or whatever you're doing. And then like, once your, you know, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs are taken care of, like, then what can I do? How much time? How much money? How much effort? How many resources can I dedicate? 
And NATO said to me something like, I think like five hours a week would be good. Uh, you know, five hours a week, like just an hour a day on each of your, your days that your, your work days. And, uh, I don't always live up to that. I strive to like the, it, it feels good to when the communities that are asking for, uh, like help or volunteers or assistance are making offers and saying like, like the, the texting people are like, can you commit to sending 2000 texts a week? And like just in, in the past hour before I got here, I sent like 3000 and then mm. they don't all get answered. But, uh, of the ones that get answered, the, the dozens that get answered, like then I, I send back ones as well. And so I do that at least once a week. If not, I'm like, it feels good to, that's what they're asking for. And that's what I'm providing. Like I can do at least that. And then if we're like, well, if you have more time, like if, if you do what somebody asks and they're like, well, if you did that, can you do this? Can you level up? Can you also do this? Like I'm, I can, I can always do more. There's maybe I've shared this with you before the, the Zen master Shunryu Suzuki said to his students, he said, you are all perfect exactly as you are. And you could all stand to use some improvement. Like that's <laughs> all of us. We're all yeah, doing yeah. the best that we could given what we've had up to this point. Correct. And also we can do better. Right. And those are both true things. Do, have you guys seen, uh, Russell Brand did a podcast with Brene Brown. And I don't know if you're, y'all are into both of them, but they're mm-hmm. all, I love them both. And so Brene Brown does research into compassion. And one of the things that she found, she said, in in researching compassionate people is the two things that compassionate people have in common. They're more likely to believe truly that everyone is doing their best. And number two, they are more likely to have good boundaries, which Mm. is why they're able to then be compassionate because they're like, look, this is this is what I can do in my life. I, I need to do this for myself and then I can do this for other people. She gave the example of uh, a woman in, a, in an abusive relationship who's, if she's compassionate and truly believes that her abuser is doing their best, she's more likely to leave because that's not good. That's right. not okay. That's not safe. If she believes he right now could be doing better, he's not. He can't right. be doing better right now and up to this point if he's been harming her. Uh, right. Likely in mo- in the predominant number of cases, yeah. it's a man abusing right. a woman. Correct. Of course, all genders are mm-hmm. capable of being in right. either position. But if you're being abused, it's not your role in that moment to, from that place, be forgiving mm-hmm. and be there. You can forgive the person from far away. Is right. a thing yes. that you can do. You I can think. I think also is how it's hard for people. Cause I know we talk about it on the show sometimes, uh, we'll get feedback or, uh, I actually stopped really discussing this kind of shit on social media that much, but like a lot of times I don't harbor any ill will towards people that forgive people. Me either. But it feels like we've kind of gone the other way to, cause for, uh, especially racially, like being black, forgiving people who have harmed you has, is like a thing that, you know, it, for self-preservation has had to be frowned upon, right? Like, because people because it's like uh something racist would happen someone would you know up to like death and stuff and then they come to survivors and be like so do you forgive the people and so now we have like now that we can like have more ability to speak for ourselves as black people we're like no 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 no, no. slow down on that shit i freedom for me is saying fuck this person forever right um but for me sometimes like it becomes this pressure 
like every circumstance you have to be very unforgiving like or else you're out of line with everyone else so when i see people like uh christian cooper the guy who was in the park with the bird watching and stuff and he uh didn't necessarily say he forgave amy cooper but he just was more like i don't want to participate in the persecution of this woman right like i like i what she did was messed up i got her to stop doing the thing yeah, the courts do whatever me, the courts gonna yeah, do to but me, i don't need to be in the process right for him that was where it ended like mm-hmm. the thing like that moment but for us you know outside of him all these people in the world it was just the start of like what we want to see happen in this woman and they want to pass a new law and they wanted to like go to jail and stuff um there was uh both them john who was killed in his uh apartment by uh amy something uh the the cop who went in the wrong apartment and but her his brother hugged the cop amy geiger hugged her at his uh trial at, at her trial and same thing like i don't hold any like i don't think there's anything wrong with him doing that Me i think either. you know if he personally needs to do that to make sense of this thing that happened that he had nothing to do with like he's not complicit in any way that doesn't bother me but i feel like we're kind of gearing up or leaning towards like that is now the wrong it's considered the wrong thing to do not the choice that you made but like you were there's a right and wrong in this situation you made the wrong choice to forgive on a personal level and i think that comes from compassion that comes from believing deep down that even when someone makes a mistake even when they do something really foul that on some level they're still a human being and that they're still like whatever their struggles and trauma are those are real to them and they're still going through it and maybe that is their the their best at that moment even though it's clearly not satisfactory to you and on i think especially for people who want to believe in like prison abolition who want to believe in police uh defunding who want to believe in uh, all these righteous things that is going to be the core of it and i i think people want to talk around it but like at at the core of it is going to have to be a society that sees people who make mistakes and goes you're still a person of value and 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 redeemable or at least something to where your worth doesn't end because you made this act and now it's over but I think that's a thing that's going to be very hard for society to change around. Well, uh, I think that you're doing a great job. And like as evidenced here by you forgiving uh, – is it Christian Cooper? Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> yeah. or you're, you're forgiving him for, for forgiving, forgiving her. her. <laughs> uh, and you're forgiving uh, Botham John's brother for forgiving the cop. I mean the, the thing, a thing that you said earlier is mm-hmm. so relevant to this which is that it's a personal thing mm-hmm. that if if somebody if somebody wrongs you and you like here's the thing also like forgiveness in its optimal circumstances is a two-way situation right. where the person who did the wronging takes responsibility and apologizes and does their best to make amends to do whatever they can for their victim for the community for to demonstrate uh, not just to demonstrate but just to enact change and to show that there has been understanding like and that doesn't always happen but when that doesn't happen the the person on the forgiving side who like nobody is obligated to forgive but do you know they some there's a thing that i've heard that i like a lot that's uh 
life becomes easier when you learn to accept an apology that hasn't been given. Yes. And like, which goes along with the thing that you've probably heard, uh, that maybe I've talked about here before, but, uh, they say that holding a grudge is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yes. And, and I would add on top of that, this is like, you know, above and beyond extra credit in a, on the flip side of it, forgiveness in a way, forgiveness and compassion and seeing people as a human being, uh, as you've just described, that is like taking vitamins or medicine and hoping that the other person's health improves, right. which sometimes does help. But even if it doesn't improve their health, it does improve ours to know that they were a baby. They are a right. human. They, their best might not be our favorite, but they've, they didn't, nobody gets into life and they people talk about a lot about when you're a kid mm -hmm. and they're like nobody grew up saying that they wanted to be a whatever it is you mm -hmm. know like a job that people judge mm -hmm. but like nobody as a kid there's so nobody was born thinking like oh i'm gonna grow up and then do this you know heinous thing this right. crime this harm this horrendous thing like there are traumas and harms that are delivered to Everyone mm -hmm. as, as a child, perhaps even before, perhaps generationally, perhaps like whatever it is, like there are things that are beyond our individual control. And it's, and here, I'm not telling anyone how to behave or think or right. act because I can only do it for myself. So I can tell you that it, it resonates with me when you see somebody forgiving. Like I was talking recently on a podcast about Megan Gans who mm. forgave Dan Harmon for, mm. yeah. uh, mistreating her. And he, he came out with perhaps one of the, one of the better apologies in the Me Too uh, era. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons I think that it's so noteworthy is that she publicly accepted the apology. Right. It seemed like he took responsibility. He didn't make excuses. He admitted wrongdoing. And that was, and, and he apologized. And that was what she wanted. And uh, it's certainly not my place to say to Megan Gans, like, right. hey, you did the wrong thing in your own life and experience because that was the thing that happened with them. It didn't right. have to be public at all. Right. And but I'm I'm grateful that they did that they did have this interaction. Like that was like you know I don't know. It's now like well, a caricature. I, I think in my also head. with yeah. social media though, like what happens is everyone, everything is happening to other people, but it's it's everything on social media is about how it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So like that situation happens between those two people and then everyone inserts themselves into like the situation and to be like, but I can withhold my forgiveness because I, it's like, well, the thing didn't necessarily happen to you is not that it, like, it's not as simple. Like there's not an actual relationship there to, to, for there to be uh the two way street of forgiveness anyway. Like they don't know that you are angry at them. Like they don't have to know that you're angry at them. They don't actually have to know that you forgave them or not. You know, it's like a weird power trip. And I think what happens is that we find power in the grudge, you know? Yes. Like here's a thing I can have that is mine and no one can take it from me. And it's more powerful to hold on to. Yes, because so many people, I realize in the age of social media, they define themselves with grudging. Mm. They define mm. themselves like, like, like this defines me. So 
if i let go of this this grudge that has defined me because i've allowed it to define me i've held on to this and so this is this is what i present if i allow this unforgiveness this pettiness this bitterness this hurt to define me and i wear it like a cloak and it's around me everybody can see it right if i decide to take it off what am i and, and that's and, find- and that's a very hard question for people to answer because that would require you to do some self-evaluation and you find community yes now. you do like it's it's kind of like if you let that go you may be letting go of who people see you as and who you connect with because yeah. there's as mike brought up earlier um the comments that are negative on youtube but also those comments form a community yes so though you know so then when those people watch the next video it's oh yeah because if you look under the comments what does every comment have other comments replies likes tagging up, other people to bring up, them right in there. up and in downing the thing it becomes a community mm-hmm. that is fulfilled by the negative by what we perceive as negativity and so i think that's where you find that like cycle you know what i mean and like i said it's in this place that doesn't give a fuck about your brain so it's in this place it's just like yeah sure it's gonna make you depressed it's gonna make you angry it's gonna make you uh whatever but at least you're not alone misery loves company and you're gonna have plenty of company because we're making you all fucking miserable (laughs) can i can i say this uh i i just have a new idea for i don't know if this is a podcast or just a question to ask people but like i'm really curious to be like ask people what are your top your top grudges that you've let go your your grudges that you were able to like think remember like when you were a kid and you hated a person yeah. and now you don't hate that person mm-hmm. or like even as a younger adult like it feels because as i get what you're saying like it yeah. feels good to to hold it but it feels even better to I let think it so go. too like, mm-hmm. I th- oh and yeah. you know what else i was just thinking too how much of it is probably from when we were kids and you weren't allowed to hold the grudge you yes. know yes like it literally was take like if if you were angry with your parents your parents most parents obviously i don't know everyone's parents but uh i think for a lot of us there was a time where it's like my way is the highway i pay the bills here you're a little person and you have feelings and stuff but they don't supersede what i want you to do and what i tell you to feel and so you like there's maybe there's like a we feel like we're taking it back almost like i wasn't allowed to be upset that my mom took my toy and i didn't feel like that was fair i was told basically like you know go to bed or too bad i i pay the bills here i wasn't allowed input on what kind of cereal we get or whatever and now we're adults and maybe we're just as adults still those kids and we're like no fuck it i i can i hold the grudge now i'm the one who says for me yeah you know it's it's I feel like too it's a false sense of control because you really don't have control you're allowing this yeah. these feelings to manipulate you True. and the illusion is that i have control when truthfully you're out of control because your actions to everybody else look out of control that's mm. why you see people post all crazy online and right. and post all this stuff on instagram and stuff because they literally are out of control they are screaming mm. for help they are screaming uh, uh, I, I actually need to resolve this and I don't know how. And also, mm. when you talk about parents, the thing about parents, and I think a lot of adults have difficulties. I'm, and I'm speaking from, from, from my own life. I, it took me being an adult and reflecting back on the decisions my mama made to finally realize she was a human being because mm. parents are presented to you as flawless right. parents are presented to you as these people they take care of you they feed you they clothe you and you know 
but parents are all over the place you have parents that are are, are they do drugs they do alcohol they beat you they abuse right. you sexually assault you they're but they're still your parents right. and so a lot of times people want to uh 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 don't want you to realize that your parents are human beings right. so human beings are flawed human beings are are they make mistakes and they make errors and I think for me, it took me reflecting to go, okay, this is why she did what she did. Now it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. at one period of time, and Roger, Roger can contest to this, when I got grown and I moved out, like when me and him initially started living living together right before we got married, I, for about two years, I didn't talk to anybody in my family. I just literally just cut them off. I didn't mm-hmm. talk. I didn't come by because I was just mad and just raged and just full of unforgiveness. So, you know, that that, that forgiveness thing, I guess – touches my heart because once i let it go my life was so much better and i began to view things differently when, when your and, heart is open you can view life differently. i like what you said about it feeling like control because that is i think that's a big key because mm-hmm. i know there's been times where someone did something and they were like apologizing to me and they were shocked that i was so quick to be like yes yeah, it, it it's, it's like cool. i understand if mm-hmm. you're feeling anguish about this i don't want you to have to feel anguish mm-hmm. anymore i you know i appreciate you apologizing for me and that's it and then it, it's almost like they're flinching waiting for the day that i either like bring it back up or the day that i'm just like like no fuck that that was fake i, I like because it's, it's, a it's really thing but it but it's also just i think we've been trained that in a weird way forgiveness is the wrong thing to do yes. you know what i mean but it's so clear maybe because we grew up and it's like religion told there's a lot of pressure to forgive and mm-hmm, shit and mm-hmm. all the tv shows told you, you you should do it so maybe we're rebelling i don't know but Some people do yes but there is like this weird thing where it's like the values have kind of flipped where it's like but no forgiveness is cool like it's, it's like, not too like, bad like, you know like it's, it's all right it's it, made me feel good i can't say it's made everyone but it's definitely made me feel good and i would like other people to feel good yes because it and and, and i guess the when i was talking about how it's an illusion of power you know when i was mad and angry and bitter and this unforgiveness i thought that i was in control i'm just right. and, I, and i thought that you know the 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 if i heard that person's name i would get angry if 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 that person would come by i would leave like like it, it was just this enraged not realizing well you have great boundaries though so like you you're really good at being like okay this thing is a harmful situation and i'm stepping out of it um but you are also a forgiving person so it's like that thing where um where i think if someone doesn't know you they would just be like oh you're you're angry about this thing or whatever but i think but well like like when after 2016 after the election mm-hmm. and there was this long period of time where you were just mad at like white women Woo! the 53 percent roger would tell you i was uh, hot and you know our audience uh some of our guests people that became our friends they were very heavy on like yeah fuck these white women and shit and i was you know that was hurt right and it was like it i forget how long it went but it went for a while before i was like like roger just, had to pull me to the side one and day, like, are you okay i'm like i'm like these people don't know you and i do so they might just think you being upset and going off on the show every day is entertaining yes but as my wife and a human being that has to like you know live uh outside this this this, what we do for a show yes like are you okay you know what i mean because and i had to evaluate like why was i feeling this way where was the emotions coming from what like like i had to get to the root of the anger 
and once i realized the anger was just being hurt and disappointed and let down by this right. country like like and that's something that i could not control i could not control that and so because i could not control it it, it lit a fire in me that i right. couldn't put out and so every time you talk to me i would just spit that fire at you because yep. the fire had been brewing in me for a very long time and i didn't know what to do with this fire yep. and so i think for me i had to find ways of releasing that so that that anger would eventually go away for me i started running and Mm -hmm. i know this might sound wild but when i started running every time i put my foot to the ground i felt like i was beating the anger out of me right every time i would would just pump my arms and breathe real hard i felt like it was almost like a release 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 Mm -hmm. and it just caused me to run faster and move faster and run faster and move faster and the benefit was me losing weight and all that stuff but it also allowed me to take this pent up energy and, and get it out release. Mm. And because I went through that, I understand why people do the things they do online. Like it took me experiencing that Mm. to understand why people post anger all day, why people post bitterness all day, why people post sadness all day, because it's something in them that they need to release and let go. They don't even know what the root cause of the problem is. You have to dig just a little bit deeper. At least that's how I Mm -hmm. like, I remember when I saw the video of the Amber Geiger being hugged by the brother of both of them, John, and then the, the uh, well, to me worse, the judge coming down and hugging her, which I thought was kind of weird. And like, unless you're the hugging judge, if you are the hugging like judge, hug I take it back. You know, like if you hug everyone, then fuck it. That then that's your thing. Do your thing. I actually yes. like that. Me but too. It, but if you only hug the police officers who go to jail then then i don't like that one not now i wonder but i remember at first i was mad and then i thought about it and i was like oh no i'm not mad i'm actually jealous right i'm jealous that everyone doesn't get this that i know if i do a crime i'm not getting this version of justice this right. one where they they hug you and go i'm sorry you have to go to jail and i'm gonna give you my bible because it's so means so much to me and i i know you did a thing that was a mistake and you're not a bad person but you just made a mistake and hopefully you'll be seeing re- your humanity yeah and so once i realized it was jealousy i could drop that i was like i'm not even angry I'm, yes i'm more i'm more uh envious that this is happening which you know is a more honest evaluation of that situation than just being angry which i think most people stop at anger they just i'm angry i will express this rage to everyone we will all commiserate over our rage and it's almost like if you admit that it's envy or jealousy you show weakness because that comes from inside you right you know what i mean as opposed to like this external thing is making me angry we we that's more of an acceptable emotion as opposed to like no this thing kind of kind of makes me sad that i can't have that thing which is yeah. now about me yeah and and one one more thing um um before before i i, I let you speak mike because I, I i see your mind oh, ticking. No, please, please, I, please. I, I i also think for me this is why something small happens and everybody's responses is a 10 mm-hmm. because this is why a lot of times for me i'm like oh what y'all are y'all are angry about something else this small infraction did not elicit this response yeah like this celebrity's instagram post i'm like that's not yeah. that important yeah yeah and, <laughs> like, and, 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 like because, i don't want to tell you yeah, what has to be important in your life but yeah because that you, one seems like a a, a, yeah. a thing that that is like you're being so upset about and it's yeah. Uh, we literally will forget about this tomorrow it, it, it won't last that long and, and 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 so when i started realizing i was like oh excuse me everybody is upset about 
all these things and yeah. and i've also realized too with the coronavirus a lot of people never realized how upset they was until they stopped moving it's something about oh, yeah. your everyday life because everybody has routine they get up they go to work they you know right. they have sex they take care of their kids you know so you always have something to distract you from this lingering anger that mm. that, that kind of lays on on your chest and and wraps itself around you it's always there but because you can say oh i can do this oh i can do this oh i can cook oh i can right. clean oh i can go out oh I can go out with my friends or I can drink or I can do drugs. Like you could always do something else to distract you from that. But when the world stopped, they was like, Oh my gosh, I'm here with my thoughts. Oh my gosh. This is why people get an anxiety and they want to get out the house because right. for the first time ever, they had to look this thing in the face and be, this is who I, this is who I really am. That's what I think is happening with the people that aren't wearing masks and shit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't like, I know it's easier to just be like, you stupid motherfucker. But I mean, just, some that was the thing that made me stop being so judgmental is because i think we need people right and it's not smart I, like i like that mike kaplan is being i like that mike is being safe because i think mike's very smart and i'm being and i and i'm being very cautious uh you know because i like the people who i'm like this person's a very smart person and just bar none they're like scientifically i'm just taking as least risk as possible for yes. the people around me and for myself and and all that stuff right and so that does make me like happy and i think that is the right thing to do yes but i used to be like mad when i would see people Ooh, yes i was taking too. risks that i wouldn't have taken when mm-hmm. i'm just like what you, you went to a restaurant and you there's all these people in here and you're taking pictures next to each other there's no mess yes. and i would i would feel upset but then i realized like there's something in people where they need some people would risk yeah they would literally risk being sick to be around other people because they need that shit too yeah and that's that's the reality that i had to 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 accept and i'm to the point i'm like people are going to people and people enjoy other people it's it's just natural to enjoy you know being around people and that was taking away from people particularly extroverts people that are like introverts they would be at home anyway they still people though but they was like at least i could control the people people like me that are like i got to go i'm always outside i'm always doing things and now you're telling people like me to sit your ass down somewhere they're like well here's the thing as an introvert it's not that i don't want to be around people in general i the people i want to be around i want to be around intently intensely like that is intentional i value those people those relationships Mm -hmm. a lot like justin comes here used to come here every week and now we have to do the show remote every week you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so like it still takes a toll on everybody we all need connection but yes we have i think for a while i was not as understanding of people taking risk for connection you know what i mean and yeah i had uh, to get to that point too yeah i had to be be like okay you know i wouldn't do that i think that's a little risky a little dangerous but you know you're human like what the fuck you know maybe this will make people think about prisons and solitary confinement and not being able to move around and house arrest and like all that shit i hope this makes people consider you know i might need to vote because you know what if i would have voted maybe we would have had a competent president where we wouldn't have been in this situation you know what i would vote for him but he didn't want to abolish prison so there you go uh i'm all the way to the left uh Uh, Can I can I yeah, say a couple you got of things? It, you got I I have uh, seventeen things to say first. Um, <laughs> that was I mean, amen to everything that you're saying. I like the idea that the people who ha- who can't stop moving around, they're like emotional sharks. You know, it's just like 
you know, we got we got to keep moving. Otherwise, we have to sit with ourselves. No, da 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 da. Emotional <laughs> jaws, you know. Um, and I I like when you said I I don't know if you said it exactly like this, but it's like the reaction should match the infraction. That's what I would say. Yeah. Reaction should match the infraction. Uh, the idea here's the here's a fun thing. Like people, you see pictures of people online being less safe than you are or you would be. Mm. And, uh, like, here's what I, here's what Jesus would say is forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. And what I would say, or Jesus today would say, yell at them online for yeah. they know not what they do. Um, <laughs> I like that earlier, uh, like just so many wonderful turns of phrase. Like you said, you were full of unforgiveness, which is also like a beautiful way of like, is it that Forgiveness is a thing, and is unforgiveness just the lack of it, or is it an actual presence? Because, like, love, there's a thing that I've learned about from, like, A Course in Miracles, the idea that love and fear are kind of opposites, the way that light and dark are. Like, there is no real, there's no, dark is immeasurable. Dark is simply the absence of light. Light, Mm -hmm. which is measurable. Energy, how do you get rid of darkness? Not with more darkness, not with a baseball bat, not with fire, with light. Well, fire would work, because of the light. Light, Mm -hmm. uh, fight, fight light, fight darkness with light, with Mm -hmm. peace. And love, the absence of love is fear. And so Mm -hmm. the way to fight fear is not with more fear, but with love, with compassion, with understanding Mm. and with respect to uh what is it restorative justice Mm. i believe is what it's called i saw about it on i don't know if you guys watched wyatt snacks Mm. uh show on hbo problem Problem areas areas, with wyatt snack uh the first season was all about like the the challenge the troubles with policing Mm -hmm. and in one of the episodes they uh there was a i believe if i'm i hope i'm getting the name right a restorative justice conversation in which a, a a man had killed uh his girlfriend i think maybe mm. while drunk uh you know they got into a fight whatever it was and he is now in jail for i think what would be 40 years but mm. there's a program in the state that he lives in where if the the family of the victim agree to it which they did to have like a series of conversations to communicate with each other and commune with each other if they both choose to, mm. like to like he 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 wished he hadn't done it. He was sorry. He did as much as he could. He apologized, you know, for what it was worth. Like and the people whose daughter had died, like they as much as they could did like and for themselves, like sat with him and listened to him and talked with him and forgave him as much as they could and they made it so that i think it made his sentence be 20 years instead of 40 Mm. years because it seems like like he's not likely to like based on what they experienced he's not likely to make this mistake again based on their understanding of his of his understanding of that he had done that you know and it's it's not about like you know just flipping a switch and being like i i uh, i'm sorry i uh, forgive me right but for for real when in you know in this situation like alcohol doesn't absolve you of the things that you do but he was able to have that experience and this i wanted to say when you were talking about specifically what it's like to be black in america which you know and i do not uh, Mm. know from the inside but I've listened to a lot of comedians uh, talk about their experience. I've read, I read, it's weird. I read it first in an interview with Sam Jay. Mm. And then I saw uh, a, several other black comedians making this point. But Sam Jay is the person I saw make it first mm. that, uh, that black people in America 
are living with their abuser. Yes. They're, they're living with, you are in this, in this, in systemic racism, like, you can't do the thing. I mean, you could leave the country, but right. I mean, hardly anymore. But right, right now, if the, <laughs> the metaphor is that there's a, a person being abused, like you can, the, so when I was like, you can forgive the abuser from far away, but an important component of it is to remove yourself from the situation. Right. And if you're unable to remove yourself from the white supremacist patriarchal structures of the country, then you, you, there is no simple, easy answer right. to being like, well, I forgive you for what has already happened and tomorrow I'll forgive you for today, I guess. Right. Yeah. I think that's that. Yeah. And I think, um, and it became kind of a revolutionary act to be able to say, I'm not going to forgive, yes. you know, because, because we the option was never there. Right. We weren't allowed. And I think honestly, like, uh, cause I think about shit like this a lot. Um, and sometimes i bring it here to the show to express it uh sometimes i'll maybe tweet or write about it but normally i just kind of keep some of these ideas in my head because i haven't fully fleshed them out or i just know they're possibly unpopular but um i really do think um to some extent because we've been indoctrinated by white supremacists patriarchal capitalism and stuff we think freedom is either co-opting those tools and then using them for ourselves like mm-hmm. oh we finally like now i'm at the top and i'm like i'm gonna do to you what you've done to me which is like you know i ironically the biggest fear of people who oppress people is mm-hmm. one day we'll be on the other side of this oppression you know that's why like every hollywood movie that has aliens has the aliens come here and basically be what white people are to the planet <laughs> like like every like aliens never just come and chill they always just show up and be like we're gonna take all this hmm water let's let's make it ours so um i think that's a big thing for people is like free we think freedom would be that but i think freedom would be the ability to choose kind of you know what i'm saying like the, like who are you uh as, as i said on um lovecraft country who are you uninterrupted like uninterrupted. who who would you be uh. who would you be if, if if this shit had not happened to you or if you weren't if it wasn't your motive like to you have to deal with this thing and either resolve it get revenge for it um you know penalize someone for it like who would you be if you just were ride the individual as opposed to ride the black guy who has to like overcome racism and fix you know and get get this restitution for whatever's happening to you i think that's uh where i see it going you know um and i think that's one of the reasons that like uh sometimes i'll feel like a lot of the prison abolition stuff we see online is kind of hypocritical because it's very punitive based on dislike or like of the person which is kind of gonna it's kind of like we would all have to collectively not all but the majority of society would have to collectively let that go like Mm -hmm. the puritanical instinct of punishing which is we would have to let that go and like but but it's hard Mm because we're human Mm -hmm. so you see like that's why you see like i'm a prison abolitionist but the cops have shot Breonna Taylor and like these motherfuckers got to be like, and I get it cause we're human. Like this, Correct. like we're not gonna have, we're not a, it's not a, um, a test where it's like this was true and this was false. We're, it's all gray area, but I think 
in order for us to get to some of these goals we're gonna have to be able to to do that shit and i don't know that uh i don't know if i'm gonna make it all the way but i'm working on it you know i'm striving <laughs> i'm trying my best y'all <laughs> i mean and all all you can do all any of us all i can do is you know work on ourselves right. and then hopefully offer that be like here is something that i am working on or did figure out or like seems like i have like here's here's another thing that i thought of earlier that uh Rini, my girlfriend helped me with in the past couple of years uh is like sometimes you know you get you get a text from someone or you're texting someone and you read into their tone but mm-hmm. you don't know what their tone is and mm-hmm. so Rini will always like offer to me uh and to other people if, if they're willing to accept it be like is it possible that it was like a fine tone? Is it possible that the tone is coming from inside the you? If you like, if like they feel like this, they think that you don't have any access other than to their, you only have access to their words when there's no tone at all. And here's a thing that even larger than that, uh, my, my dad and mom got uh, divorced when I was like, when I was like 14 or so. And so for the past 25 years or more now, my dad has been remarried to a woman uh, who, like, my, I, I have a good relationship with my dad. I love my dad. Like, I uh, I see I see him, like, pretty, you know, re- in the past, I would see him pretty regularly. He lives, like, an hour away from me. Um, and sometimes it would be on holidays, like, with with the whole, that side of the family. But there's, like, I, I didn't have, like, a lot of opportunity to, like, get to know uh, my stepmother one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So it's like always they're together or it's a big family thing more likely. And so when I was a kid, when I was like, you know, 14, 15, 15, met her, like uh, our relationship started uh, in a way that was like, I was a teenager. She was a new, you know, right. newly a stepmother. Like we didn't, we, I don't think either of us ever disliked each other at all. Like I know for sure that I didn't. And mm-hmm. now, based on things that have happened that I'll get to in a moment, I'm positive, as close as possible, that she also didn't. Mm-hmm. Like, that we were both, like, we both love my dad. We both were, like, kind of, you know, like, two cats, like, getting to being, like, what's going to, are you going to, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Are you going to do anything? And so I was going through my own, like, you know, challenging high school experience, and she was going through her own her experience that I don't know almost anything about and the things that I do know, I'm like, oh yeah, of course, like we're all going through our own shit. And so I remember specifically one time, like uh my dad was like, hey, whenever you call, like, you know, if Maria answers the phone, like why not uh like ask her how she's doing instead of saying, is my dad there? And so I remember I tried that once and like, and she was just like, oh, I'll get your dad. Like, and I don't remember the exact <laughs> right. tone or language. I'm like, hey, weren't, weren't we supposed to, like, I, I did, I did what I was supposed to do. Like what was, and, and that's like the only data point I have right. of, of being like, uh, like some other people are like, well, she, is she the adult? Is she, whose responsibility is it? And like now we've both been adults for the past several decades. Mm. And I was talking about it with my girlfriend and she was like, what do you, what would you want from her? Like mm. if you want, and I'm like, there's no problem. There's, there right. was no problem at all. Like everything is fine. Uh, and, but I'm like, but if, if I could have my greatest wish, like what would I wish for? I'm like, well, what if, what if she like reached out to me, like, and asked to get to know me 
in a in a more like uh, specific way in a mm-hmm. in a like what it, and she's like oh so that's what that's what you'd like my girlfriend says to me like laying a trap and I'm right. like yeah that's that's what I that's what I would want and she's like well <laughs> could you reach out to her in this yes. exact way that you're you're wishing for someone to reach out. Can, yes. And the only you can grant that wish. I and have I, like, a, I have a saying that I say on the show sometimes, but it's called uh phones work both ways. It's yeah. A, oh yeah. It's and a little concept that I that I've learned over the course a, of my life. It's a dial tone on both sides. I know yeah. we don't got dial tones anymore, you know. I know that's a thing of the past. But it's dial tones on both sides. It's so perfect that like even even in my my life situation, my dad once like a few years ago, left me a message and I listened to it and he was like, hey, I hadn't talked to you in a little while, but uh, I guess I also didn't call. So, you know, I was yeah. like, what a great, <laughs> yes. it's like not, there's no, like, hey, why didn't that person do exactly what I didn't do also? And so yeah, like, I think um, now- I know you were talking about Buddhism earlier, but it's like that, yeah. con- the concept of right thinking where- um you like and not right as in like correct but like uh almost like efficient you know what i mean so like like clean clean like clean thinking um so as like what impulses are coming from you what are you feeling in the voids of 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 life you know what i mean so like this happened (laughs) ironically this happened with uh me and mike where it was all on my side uh mike 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 had emailed us and then there was a period of time where i just lost track of all the emails in our box it was terrible um and i i was going to wrong places like i just was thinking like oh yeah i've answered these emails and then i like to my great shock um some of a lot of went unanswered he had asked to come on the show to promote something and when by the time i saw the email it was so it was so long like it was like a month or two like it was way past when he would have needed to be on to promote the thing and i was like okay so i have fucked this relationship up uh this is oh, like like you he would buried be, it you're like this is the end i was like he would i would understand it understandably if he was upset by this that that would make a lot of sense uh he probably thought i ignored him and now enough time has passed to where it would almost be ridiculous to say hey three months ago you wanted to come on the show come on the show now when it's t- too late to do the thing you know so and then it built up in my head where i'll be like oh man like i you see i've seen mike tweet something cool or whatever and i retweeted or whatever but i but i would be like ah man i do i apologize do i like do i just pretend it didn't happen and maybe he's forgotten about it or whatever and uh um i can't i think he reached out to either be on the show again or something and i was thinking and i was like oh wait i guess he's not mad or whatever and then and and now i'm like well you know what i'm just gonna bring it up and be like dude i feel terrible blah blah blah." and he's just like i wasn't even thinking about that shit so i had filled in (laughs) all the blanks all this void i had just dumped my insecurity into it and 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 what was fucked up is i've turned mike into not not a monster or anything but just like i've turned him into angry i've turned him into upset yeah. i've heard turned i've turned him into like, i've heard his feelings yes. right i've turned him <laughs> in what i need him to be for my story and my insecurity to make sense yes and i think that's what happens a lot of times is like we just fill in these voids mm-hmm. in stuff you know with your um and instead we don't take the action we could have taken which is hey i could have emailed him like dude I, I fucked up i was looking at my emails i just realized this 
and that would at the time it would have been like say two months as opposed to two years, years yeah. so, so, so <laughs> but i now what i do know is the void is there because i didn't like that void didn't need to be there is what i'm right. saying so like it could have been two years of mike coming on the show all the time and us hanging out and talking and chatting and all this shit so i learned from that lesson was like you know um and maybe you could say you needed it to learn the lesson but i learned to be like more like proactive and be like no 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 don't let negative thinking feel that fill it with fill it with nothing in a way like in a weird way like <laughs> like don't assume just you know maybe he'll it'll be fine and i think that was a big a big thing for me so I, I i think that's one of the things with when you're talking about your stepmom it's like that one interaction and then there's not a lot of interaction to even go off of and it does fill itself in with whatever you have inside of you it's like yeah. whatever so if, if you feel like maybe oh, yeah. it's a maybe she doesn't like you then it's gonna fill in with maybe she doesn't like you and uh i want to First of all, uh, thank you. And I do remember it was like 2017 that my last album came out that uh, what, when I reached out to you. And then uh, it was for this year, you know, my yeah. newest album, like back in, you know, March, April, May, I got in touch. And that's when we had the conversation. Yeah. And I absolved you of uh, being like, there's nothing to forgive because there was no <laughs> raw, like it would have been really fun to come on the podcast three years ago, but it's just as it's even more fun to be on then and now. And like, I want to come on like as many times, as often as you'll want me to be on, like I want to be here and uh, I want to do a fun bit real quick and then mm -hmm. I'll finish my stepmom story. But mm -hmm. this is just a bit, entirely a bit. Uh, <laughs> I do want to tell you, Rod, that uh, I am, the only thing that I am mad at you about mm -hmm. is how big a deal you keep making my <laughs> not caring about you not writing back to me. Like, just let it go, man. Okay, so that is uh, pretty fun. Forgive yourself, Rod. Forgive yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the only one. You have all the power to forgive yourself. Uh, stop making me do it. Um, so I, my dad turned 70 in the past couple of years, mm. and it might have just been last year. And I, uh, there, there, he had a surprise party. And uh, his wife reached out to me to invite me to the surprise party. And I took that as an opportunity that that Rini had encouraged me to be like, like why, why not, why not like take, take the step that you want to happen. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote her a note, uh, like about, like I didn't, you know, didn't cover everything that I'd ever felt, but basically just like I, I, I write and communicate for a living about how I feel and often challenging things. And I'm like, this is a thing that I just, did it because I, I really thought I was telling the story, filling the blank in my head mm. that she felt a way or was a way or anything that I could, do, what could I do and what I could do. And I was like, I'm not going to guarantee a response. Like there's obviously all I can do is be like, Hey, like I love my dad. You love my dad. Like we don't know each other as well as if we got to know each other better and I'm interested in that. And because you must be, I, from everything I know about you, I know your family. I know your connection to my dad. Like we, it seems like we've got a lot in common other than we've never had this conversation or really any specific one-on-one -on -one conversation. 
which is like nobody, nobody's fault. It's right. as opposed to everybody's fault. It's like there is no wrong here. And so whatever it is, I, I reached out and I shared that and she wrote back kindly. And because of course she did, why wouldn't she? Right. And that party happened. And then after that, I think, so this was, I think last year, the year before, like my dad, my dad comes to see my shows all the time. She had never come to see a show. She came to like my next several shows with my Aww. dad that, and I was just like, this is un, like I unfathomable to my past self. And it mm-hmm. makes complete sense to my current self. And like the last time it was her birthday recently. And I, you know, I, her mother passed away earlier this year. And mm-hmm. so I had some trees planted in her honor and told her about it. And she was very grateful. And I called her on her birthday and it was just like the warmest conversation I'd ever had mm-hmm. with her. And I, it was like, it's so weird to me that it, it was surprise. I was like, how did, I mean, I, I w- clearly wasn't capable. Like I didn't know that I could do this. I didn't mm-hmm. know that I could get to this place because it, it wasn't, it wasn't her, res- it wasn't anybody's individual responsibility. It was 100% a two way street that who knows what she was thinking about me and who knows what was she was thinking about me. That was true because neither of us was taking action. So there were, all there was was potential. I wonder, I wonder if almost like the grudge thing, if that's almost a form of holding on to control. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you don't ever pull the trigger on, um, there has to be a better phrase and pull the trigger if you don't if you don't ever uh release the hug on uh the <laughs> on on that on like closing that gap i guess in a way it is a, a measure of like weird intellectual stalemate like it's like like nothing's changing you know what i'm saying so like even to get out of your comfort zone and say you know uh shout Dorini, admit to yourself like oh wait i want this thing why am i making it a thing for them to do instead of getting out of the rain myself why like i'm gonna make the move and 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 find the fulfillment in in that journey as opposed to the one where i'm not really comfortable but i'm familiar in my uncomfortableness of not knowing yes and also i think the biggest thing is the fear of what they thought being true prevents you from doing that and you have to be okay with true if it comes out positive i'm okay because he could have wrote the note she could be like never contact me again right right right. (laughs) and and, and if it comes out negative you have to be okay with that too right and you have to say at least i did my part like 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 you said like you said mike at the beginning you i did what i did within my control I cannot control how anybody responds. Right. I can only control how I respond back to the situation. And I am accountable for how I respond back. Right. And I think that's a very, that fear prevents people from doing a lot of things as far as reaching out and opportunities because of like, well, what happened if the thing I made up in my mind is true? Right. But the thing is, you, you, um, prevent growth and you prevent the other person from expressing themselves and letting them know because a lot of times when you do reach out even if it's not the response you want at least you know how they felt about the situation versus you making the thing up in your own mind and be okay with walking away be okay with saying this relationship is what it is and i'm happy 
for learning whatever it is I learned out of the situation, be it right. I learned about me, be it I learned about you, be it I learned about us. Like Mike said, be it, it brought us closer together and it might bring us further apart, but, but, but just use it as a learning experience because that's part of life. And I think that fear prevents people from being the best versions of themselves. That's one of the ways that I've been able to use, like, uh, to learn from conflict and stuff that i think you know sometimes you know my friends friends they they know and understand but uh to some people they don't understand but that's one of the ways i've been able that i can move on from shit is really just being like okay we went down this journey i found out some things that i needed like that i needed i'll take the positive for me and then the rest of this i'm letting go you know and i think that's uh it becomes easier with practice like i think at first it was a hard thing to do because like i want resolution i want closure i want an answer i want you to say i'm right i want to be understood (laughs) and then when i let go of like wait everyone's not gonna understand you that's ridiculous uh i I was able to be like okay it's cool i I, this is what i learned from this you know like and and you take your thing from it you know yeah and also i think sometimes people put demands on other people and and they put standards on other people and expectations on them that they didn't ask for and then they expect that result because like we hammer them for not living up to expectations that they have no fucking idea about right right, right. something that you made up in your and mind. everyone's been a victim of that i think yes because I, 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 I know i've i've had I've, that I've where been, i've been a victim someone's of like too. you didn't call me every week and do such and such i'm like this was never a conversation we had this is how was i supposed to know that's a thing right. I, I mean this i i uh this happened um with a relative of mine last year where can i re- real quick mm-hmm. just a, a fun bit i want to do mm-hmm. hey i'm mad at you because you didn't read my mind <laughs> yes yes uh you didn't use your superpowers to read yeah. my mind and know exactly what to do uh but i had a relative that i was losing a bit of a connection with and they kind of like called me and they were upset about something and they were, it was like really like almost like confrontational at first and i i i remember during the conversation starting to understand like wait don't think of this as a conflict you have to win or a debate you have to like come out on top like to justify defend yourself think of it as a problem you would like to solve together Mm -hmm. and so by the time we got off the phone it was like okay listen let me tell you like get all the stuff off your chest that you feel i'm not doing right or whatever and then here's what i'm gonna do to solve that because we're family i love you there's like there's not another one of you on this planet no one knows you like i fucking know you there's no like we're gonna be at each other's funeral uh one of us is anyway uh you know we hopefully we don't (laughs) we won't know till when i'll be a ghost at yours yeah like like, but it's this thing where it's like listen uh i could have been defensive and been like but i felt this way but instead i took it and said here's some things i would like to do to fix this or to like make it different in the future and so we just started doing that it was like okay i'm gonna come see you every month we're gonna hang out we're gonna this is gonna be a fucking thing if we go to dinner we're gonna whatever like i don't want you to ever feel abandoned or alone and whatnot and and i know my default is very much a i'm hands off like i am too if you don't tell me you dislike me i normally assume we're cool if you don't tell me if you love me the last time you saw me i assume you love me 
forever <laughs> which is yeah. my you know that's, that's my, my default, mentality yeah. is it's not always correct but still oh yeah that was a that's my thing so i i think that was a big thing for me was that con- like looking at that conflict not necessarily as a conflict can i i'll add to that uh i learned this recently and i'm still constantly learning it uh that uh, there's a guy a friend of mine who's a comedian mm-hmm. uh a friend who i love who's one of the people that i like i like arguing with mm-hmm. uh like sometimes like we generally agree about a lot of things uh but like he might be like slightly more like in one direction mm-hmm. and so and that will lead us to like great philosophical debates and so like here's oh mike hold things. on mike hold yeah. on one second uh, we're gonna pick up right where mike was cut off uh all right your friend so yeah i got a buddy uh who we disagree about some things that lead to valuable uh sort of social political philosophical discussions and so recently he sent me two things that he thought were funny that I didn't agree exactly with the way that he thought they were funny mm. and but I handled them differently and I can't I can't say this is a completely controlled scientific experiment right. but one way went great and the other way went a slightly different way <laughs> so the first one he said something he he found something in an article a guy had said compared global warming uh and uh, he said he called global warming like systemic racism in the sky and like it's like this big thing that's been going on and it's also it's your fault you know <laughs> and I get I do get the humor but I feel like the point of the point of talking about systemic racism and and global warming I think the analogy is a good one right and also it's good because we can individually net like we inherited both of them mm-hmm. and we didn't cause them it's not, actually not our fault right but it what we do next is our responsibility and we can work moving forward so I came at that like uh I don't I don't think I I agree with the the point of the humor that you're talking about there mm. even though it is I get it, it's a it's a clever thing it's a perhaps it could even be a wise analogy but I feel like then a a misstep is made either in the name of comedy or uh sort of disingenuously or ignorantly in the other direction mm. but the second time uh he shared with me he's like isn't this kind of amusing a headline that said uh in the, I believe, Hispanic community, mm-hmm. only three percent of people use the term Latinx. Mm. Uh, three, and and I think only twenty five percent, he said, are familiar with the term. Mm. And he said, "Isn't that amusing?" And I, so I said, "I hear you." And also thinking about it more, uh, like it, it, just off the top of my own head, mm-hmm. like if you are a person, let's say you're a, a person who identifies as male. You might be like, I'm Latino. If you're a person who identifies as female, you might be like, I'm Latina. So if you're Latino or Latina, then you might use that term to identify yourself because you are, you know your gender and you know how you want to identify and it's how you have identified for as long as you've been alive, perhaps. And if you are a non-binary person or a, a gender other than male or female, then that percentage of people makes sense that it would be very small. So right. a single digit percentage of people who specifically identify as Latinx makes sense along with that being what like I, as a white person, 
a non-Latinx person, I might be like, oh, the Latinx community, like, which is outside of myself, I'm referring to people of all genders in that way. So it makes sense that in that community, they might not use that term as much as people outside of the community or the specific people in the community. And it seemed, it also reminds me of the way that people used to say, like men when they meant humans they're like you know all men are created equal Mm -hmm. like everybody said that people still say that just because a majority of people said it or say it doesn't mean that it's not sexist doesn't mean that we can come up with a better way of saying it but so just the fact that the majority believes it doesn't mean it is the most true or worthy or valuable thing to say we're all on a path moving forward like whatever i said to that to that effect my friend was like that makes sense. And I was like, mm. I do understand the humor uh, appearing on the face of it. Like, wow, right. can you believe it? Oh, I can believe it. I do believe it for these reasons. I honestly, like in these two situations, the main difference was, other than the individual circumstances, mm-hmm. was I started by saying, I hear you. Like, yes. I really yes. think that that opened him up to like to feeling hurt. And that's the thing that, like when you were talking, Rod, about your family member, like you realize it's not an argument. It's not a competition. It's not something that you're you're trying to win. Like the the impulse to be defensive, of course, arises if they're if it seems like they're accusing you of something, right. if it mm-hmm. seems like they're attacking you, if they're saying you did this when you you believe that you didn't do that. Right. Of course, it makes sense to want to argue or come to your own defense and even if you are going to do that you can do that it's not your responsibility to just let someone define your experience but saying like this is like you know uh from my buddhist therapist friend gus like just the first thing to do to to anyone whether you agree with them or not is perhaps to help them feel heard to be like i I ex- I hear what you're saying. I get why you're saying it. I understand how you're feeling. Like all without uh act all without granting their premise in any right. way. Just be like, I hear where you're at. And, and the, then the from thing there, for me, here's where I am. The thing yeah. for me was uh like in addition to hearing them, I kept thinking of like what would I want them ultimately to come out of this conversation with? And I thought to know that i love them to know that i that that i'm in your corner that like that supersedes the ego for me in the moment of but 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 this is how i feel like you know for that moment like and it's not that they were necessarily wrong or right about that it's just oh this may i can see how this would appear to someone else or i can see how um the insecure the same insecurities i have that fill in gaps are filling in yours you know what i mean and so that was a big that was a big thing for me um and but but also i realized at the at that time like i've been doing that my whole life it really wasn't until the internet and social media that i stopped getting the reinforcement that that was a positive quality you see what i'm saying yeah. like like when i was a kid i was that way you know when i was like as uh, with all my friendships in just my life i don't have any friend like uh a big foundation of my friendships is how we resolve conflict like i uh for me personally i really don't count people as friends unless we resolve the conflict at some point because you really don't know like conflict resolution is a big part of friendship so it's easier to call yourself a friend it's like we've never disagreed on anything everything disagree. we've done yes. you know what we're friends now mike that's it uh <laughs> oh yeah you're, you're right i'm i was wrong to say disagree i'm so sorry um, <laughs> 
so yeah that was the that. Thing, that was the thing i had to realize though is like that's not a bad thing i think um and that i do think that's a function of the internet is because if you look at how it teaches our brain it's like you're more of a friend the more things you agree on and have in common that's a that's a quote-unquote friend you know on twitter that's a follower or whatever like i agree with everything the guy says here i follow him now which is that doesn't make any sense um or or, you know i agree with what you say you're my friend now and then when you log in the fucking thing only shows you the people that agree with you all the time and i'm like that just wasn't my reality growing up we may be the last people the last generation that that's not our reality growing up you know what i mean from this point on uh unless something really big changes with social media this may be it for people who had more time in formative years to be like hey um me and my friend didn't agree on this thing but we stayed friends because we're we're friends i have friends i fist fought when i was in uh when i was in uh, uh back in elementary and, and high school and stuff and but we yeah, stayed those, we stayed friends, friends yes because because it just wasn't it was like that was a thing not this i'm not saying these are good things yeah but it's, not, was, it's not good to fist fight but, but yeah, that I'm was a you. thing that that commonly happened was like oh we played basketball and then we got in a fist fight and then like the next day you know it's like we showed up to the bus stop and we talked about uh, transformers or whatever the fuck because that's just it just wasn't seen as like the end of you you know what i mean i think that may have changed a little bit better better if you have to have a fist fight with someone better to have it be with a friend in the past than an enemy in the present or the future to hold a grudge against for your life. Yes. Here's something I was thinking about earlier that's sort of relevant to uh, the idea of muting muting people that, you know, that you don't want to hear about, you know, like naturally, organically, like gravitating towards and gra- have it, hoping that people gravitate towards you when they are, you know, like-minded in, in the ways of communications and conflict resolution and, you know, uh, compassion, forgiveness, like warmth, like, you know, the things that you want, uh, the values that you want to share in your friendships and relationships. Something that I, I think I came up, I came up with this idea a few years ago. I haven't done it much, but, uh, sometimes like when a celebrity dies or when somebody, dies that you know you, you hear about like a lot of people will make jokes about it like negative you know like it's just a, a natural response on twitter like oh this person died there's a joke uh a negative there's like things there's just jokes all the time and i was thinking about like that's not my favorite mm-hmm. we- like i now understand like i, I might have done it in the past i'm sure that i did i have like, oh, done it. Yeah. i will i have done it um and i remember <laughs> i remember um there were two times specifically one was when paul walker died because i just thought it was funny and which was really fucked up but um but i remember and then people were like oh this is terrible and i thought oh you know uh, whatever he's just a this person or whatever like it was just completely callous and then the other time i did it though i felt the opposite which is when joan rivers died because i said this is a tribute joan would do this okay this is her thing yeah like for 100%. her yeah for her they, i was like this is there i'm like you know uh i'll just remember like joan rivers dies the age of this age but the re- most of her body was you know 15 years old you know stuff just stuff she would say because i just fucking loved her so much at you know uh, as, as you can a celebrity you know you mm-hmm. don't love but like i i enjoy her comedy and stuff so much so like 
i like but you're right i but i haven't done that kind of thing since even when like people that i really did think put a lot of misery on the earth died like um i just let them cook when justice scalia died and stuff like i didn't you know if it had been a few years ago i probably would have been more like you know fuck him and hear some jokes but i just really was like i don't know it's just all this kind of it's all kind of sad and i mean i guess it's better for the things i believe in that he's no longer making these decisions come on but you know still sad really helped me uh because you you now really helped me lock in on what the thing was that i was bringing up uh because like i also like uh mike DiStefano was a comedian and friend of mine that i knew like in the last year of his life when we did last comic standing together and Mm -hmm. toured together and i have a joke about his death that i that i think he would i would love for him to hear it i would love i i hope he's a ghost and hears it every time i do it (laughs) i i i hope he he would he would make jokes so much quote unquote worse than this right and so (laughs) the the thing that I really, that I remember now, the concept that I came up with is when somebody dies, who you didn't like, who was maybe bringing, you know, not helping, mm. who was like leading, like, you know, adding to laws and structures that did keep marginalized people oppressed and mm. suffering. And that, n- not that you want to be, you don't want to like, celebrate in i mean some people you might you might want to celebrate someone's death but in doing that in they are dead and now if the more you engage with them the more they are in you the more even if you're if you're being hateful or funny about them in a pointed in a in a roasty way like you can't you can't a hundred percent you can like i prefer not to for myself and the thing that i have offered that i'll offer you in exchanges, whenever someone that isn't beloved to you dies in this way, like, why not, instead of posting about them, post about someone beloved to you who has right. passed away. Share a memory, like, the next time, the next time a, ju- a conservative justice on the Supreme Court dies, post a memory about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Just right. ev- whenever your least favorite person dies, post a- always about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. Just like RBG tweets and posts forever like keep bringing keep their memory as alive as possible instead of keeping and not to say forget about the person and forget about the harms but obviously fight for positive change and peace and justice and compassion and kindness as much as possible and but why not big up uh instead of big downing yeah i think the the violence like uh, i feel like violence leaves a stain on both people you know what i mean like the person is inflicted upon and the person that does it um but as a country that's kind of in love with violence it's like we just go no the person pulling the trigger they're fine i'm like i don't know man ptsd is a thing uh oh, <laughs> like survivor's guilt there's, like there's a ton of shit evidence that we have that uh even justifiable like revenge and all the shit it still bothers you you know it still leaves a stain in you and uh i think but we're so obsessed with like right and wrong that it's like but if you were right then it then it then it leaves no stain like no even when you're right even if you can rather people feel better and healthier than right and this is you know an indictment of myself as well and i want to also offer like first two things one i read uh 
an article about a woman who was, uh, her mission was to eliminate the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she talked about was that when she talked with families of people who had been killed, like so many of them don't want the death penalty for the their, right. fam- for, for the, the murderer. Right. Because they know that the family of the murderer who didn't, uh, commit any mm-hmm. who didn't necessarily like, who who knows what they did like right. we're, we're all a part part of all these systems but they didn't kill anyone right uh and they are a family that will feel the same loss they don't want anyone to feel the loss that they're feeling right. uh because what they're feeling is so intensely said they would rather like not even speaking about forgiving but like it doesn't help them right it doesn't bring the person back we people might think that it'll help them like you know somebody hurts you so you want to hurt them because because you're hurt you want to do something but wouldn't it be better to want there to be less hurt and and overall that kind of i think also the anger for the general public feels like control yes that illusion so then we're like we are avenging the thing that happened in the past and preventing it from happening again by taking this person out that's the that's the that's the idea behind it and of course the bigger and scaring people who would do it do would look at this and go well i'm i normally do kill people but not not now that i know other people kill people for killing people now i'm gonna not we know that's not true statistically but that's the idea behind it you know what i mean and so i think one of the things we're not truly familiar with is um when you get into the like details when you go talk to the individuals involved a lot of times like they have time to process it especially if you're talking about death penalty cases sometimes it takes 10 years for those people to die yeah so when you talk to the people who have been wronged or their loved ones taken a lot of times they've had time to deal with this in a way that we as in black and white you know right or wrong audience have not and so when we see the full result of that it doesn't match to what we would think it would match to I'm not saying all the time of course there are some people that are like i kept that same energy like i've been waiting 10 years for to watch this person die and, and i'm gonna watch them but in a lot of cases like more than you would think it's people going that's not gonna make me feel better it's not bringing my loved one back and i've found a different way to deal with it mentally than than simply uh getting revenge can I uh, can I read something to you from the book I'm reading right now, which is uh, by Ursula K. Le Guin. It's called Always Coming Home, and it's like it's fiction, but it's like this expansive del- anthropological delving into the fictional society of uh, these native people in the future mm-hmm. that sort of live like indigenous people, but it's also it's like our world, but the future, and some some shit has happened. But it's, so there's uh, a discussion of hunting. And they say uh, the game animals were the link between the wilderness and the human soul. And the hunter, just in that he was somewhat less than fully human, was with the animal he killed both accomplice and sacrifice in a truly mysterious act. Mm. The meaning of the sacred as the dangerous, the holy as transgression, was implicit in their animal dancing and in the hunter's songs. It's just the idea that you know, even ki- killing an animal in their society is a sacrifice for the animal and for the person doing the killing mm-hmm. like to take a life it's not we have the idea i mean because because of media because of right. our everything the way that our society is structured 
we think that there is a such thing as a good guy with a gun. And it doesn't mean that there's that we can't understand what that means. Like, yes, of course, if there's somebody shooting everybody, like it's understandable to want somebody right to want that to stop, to want that to not happen, to want that to not be happening. And also though, it's like violence begets violence, you know, Mm -hmm. killing begets killing shooting. And so it feels so much, it feels valuable to at least also like bring the discussion to like, not, not ignore those things, Mm -hmm. but be like, you know, when people talk about defunding the police, but what are you going to the, what will, well then also take that money and fund schools and fund mental health programs and fund all of the help get rid of, the seeds that grow into yes. crime, which is the need yes. for police, not, not just eliminate the police, defund, defund the need right. for police, because it's not like we, they protect us. If there was something, if we didn't need protection, then we wouldn't need protecting. And because we, de- we, de- yeah. we defund the schools all the goddamn time. Yes, we do. You know, we literally, there, there's been studies that prove what you do not put in the schools, you put in the prisons. Yes. Like you don't have a choice. It's like the people go somewhere. So if you don't, if you, it's like, we're not going to educate you. Well, then you'll be paying for my stay as a criminal at the criminal hotel because that's what the fuck is going to happen now. You know, I think the it's hard. Criminal hotel. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for people to. It's hard for people to perceive it that way. Yes. It's still your tax money. So then it's like, what would you rather your tax money do? Would you rather it be used penalizing someone or helping someone to 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 be educated, informed, uh, and become a productive citizen in that way? And I think it's hard for people to let go of the impulse to punish which is why you have a lot of people who really without thinking about it go no 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 spend the money on the prisons because also like if let's say we invest more heavily in communities in education uh in these other resources like you're not going to see i mean you can see in the numbers overall but you can never be like hey this is a person who would have gone to prison but they're not like there's no individual way to point it out but you can individually punish a person for doing a thing but it's sort of like like preventative medicine like there must be statistics about like if everyone could get a physical every year Mm -hmm. if they could afford that then the emergency rooms wouldn't be then the 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 fund the the funds needed to fund like when if people only go in it's an emergency it costs more than if they went every year for preventative care so the same like education is preventative care for the criminal justice system it's legitimately it would preempt the need for as many police and prisons and Mm -hmm. people are like but they imagine the worst in the future they're like but what is it what if these bad things would happen be like but have you looked at what things are happening now i think i think it's like uh people saw the movie demolition man and they think that's (laughs) like that's that's what they think defund the police is gonna look like is this like but the thing the thing everyone skips over in demolition land is a demolition man everything was fine until simon phoenix showed up like they were doing pretty fucking good like like it was like no crime we're even like it was punitive okay they were giving people fines for cursing and stuff but but in general though it was like this world where it's like crime was a crime was a foreign concept to them of some violent person showing up with guns um and it and it's like whenever guns comes up on the show uh like Shalewa Sharp was on last week and she asked me about it and I was you know and I always say I know this is going to be the most ridiculous answer it's the one that no one's gonna consider and but it's the only answer I think that works which is you have to take all the guns 
you know and it's always like that well that's not gonna happen i'm like i know but you asked me if i could solve this thing there's only one solution in america no one can have the things we don't know how to play with the toys we eat the whole bag of chips uh like zach sherwin and when oh, it yeah. once, once we pop a gun once we pop a cap we can't stop uh <laughs> I, forget. <laughs> I, I forget whose joke this is but i think i saw it on twitter recently but it might have been Nick Vatterot. Somebody funny and nice and good was like, I think that wanting a gun should be a disqualifier in terms of getting a gun. Like, yes. if you want one, you can't have one. Yes. Like, only the people, I think that should be like that for running for president also. You know, all it's like a that- Childish Gambino has a line where he says, and what's a leader if he isn't uh, reluctant? Like that's mm. like that's yeah. like, yeah. like yeah. all because all they, the people- they understand the responsibility because the thing is people that own guns that are good gun owners the last thing they want to do is to make people aware that they have a gun like right. when you talk to people they go no I was in a situation and I had my gun guess what I wasn't trying to shoot nobody I don't I like, lay down like everybody else no one wants to be around the guy who can't wait to shoot somebody right like I played basketball with that guy it's very very anxiety causing okay there's nothing worse than being at the basketball court with the dude that you, you know for a fact got a gun and can't wait for something to happen because he can use the gun in front of everybody like that i've literally left the basketball court i just see a certain people i'm like nope not today it's just we're not playing i'm not playing they're like well go ahead and play i'm like what if today's the fucking day what if i'm the guy what if you're the guy i don't want to be here (laughs) you know i get good grades you know if you've Mm -hmm. ever read a newspaper every newspaper is like this scholarship person who had no business fucking being here got killed today like i didn't want to be that guy and for my <laughs> friends to read that shit so i just go home or whatever but that but that's the real solution is like if that guy didn't have a gun to even that so that his mentality did not matter in that level of way where his the amount of harm he could do was limited limited uh significantly compared to him having that gun well then i would play basketball with them and then i would feel a lot safer and i think america deserves to feel safer like we don't i like the people that should have guns should all be people that are like uh i was appointed to have a gun because nobody else was passed the test to be able to have a gun and i hope to god i never have to fucking use this gun it would really ruin my day i don't need the guy using the gun and then you know writing a letter to the other cops like the guy in the brianna taylor thing going like they're thugs and we're like no you should never have gotten a gun look how you think you all you're not thinking of protecting and serving the people you're thinking of yourself as above the people with a gun you know what i mean so i think that's what that's what matters in a weird way what i like about biden um and just for the record wasn't my first choice okay nope but uh there were lots of choices that i thought were good to be honest i'm not i'm not the other way where i thought every choice was bad i actually liked uh quite a few people he was on the list of people i would have been like cool yeah he, he was on the list They're better than trump and could be president but 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 my point being one of the things i do like about him he kind of seems like he didn't really want the job he just felt obligated to take the job to be like we have to get it away from this motherfucker mm-hmm like i like i kind of like that about him now i know that's not ideal you normally like when people run and they're full of ideas that you're just like i love all these ideas you know what i mean but in this case it is very this very very significant case i like that he's like i'll just use the other people's plans but i don't like this guy we need to take it away from him like he has jay Inslee's climate plan change plan now Mm -hmm. that was the most progressive climate change plan of everyone in the 
they, in the field yeah he does not seem attached to the shit because he's just like no the goal is fuck this dude you know what i mean like like uh elizabeth warren's uh college debt forgiveness plan okay okay yeah give me i'll do that i'm not even attached to my plan like my like by the end it's just gonna be like he fucking picked up pieces of all the good shit and i and i I would be fine with that just democrat voltron yeah yeah (laughs) i'll form the leg and it's just fucking like mark i mean it's um uh what's my man uh uh what was my man uh hispanic dude julian Uh, julian castro he's he's amazing it's like that's just like the the leg you know what i mean and then like elizabeth warren's an arm and then like bernie sanders another arm like i'm okay with that just for the fact that like i do like a little reluctance in my leadership i do like a little like someone's got to do this guys and i'll do it out not necessarily 100 percent out of ego you know if i may Mm -hmm. uh i like the if the choices are like between somebody who's gonna undo everything obama did or redo everything obama did you <laughs> right, know right. uh i'll i'll pick redo uh i'm gonna un undo yeah. um like i want to unsubscribe I, I, and resubscribe control yeah. alt to just uh, <laughs> uh a thing also about guns and like the capacity like i'm i'd love for no one to have them and for everyone i'd love for everyone to be happy and nice right. and everything we all live in a magical world uh where where everyone loves each other right. and uh i'm making fun of myself but with respect <laughs> to some of the arguments that come like uh where they're like guns look look cars kill people right <laughs> cars kill people and we're like and you need to pass a test to yeah. get a, yes, like a, a, test. a very specific you need to prove that Several you're not going to kill people with your car. Let's have that <laughs> for the gun. If you and if you start killing people with the car, guess what we do? We take the car away. You don't get to just oh, yeah. keep. We take your license away. We yeah. take the car away. We also don't have like cars where you can just like kill a couple hundred people at the same. Like you know what I mean? Like like you oh, can't. Yeah. Just... You can only kill very few people with a car at <laughs> yeah. once. Yeah, like come on, man. We're trying here. Um, listen, Mike. This has been great it's been um, fun we're uh we we've talked a long time about everything and nothing at the same time i feel like we always do uh oh yeah uh tell the people where to find you tell the people uh about the album and mm-hmm. uh and then we'll get out of here i i will and in, in fact the the last two things of my one million things to say will fall neatly here i just want to in conclusion big up your the way that you guys do tv reviews like because that to me like finding the positive finding what you like it's good practice for finding things you like you know in the world in your mm. friendships in your relationships like and if there's something that you don't like then get rid of it don't watch it don't engage with it but for the things that have to be in your life whether it's the country that you live in the relationships <laughs> that don't seem like they're going anywhere the tv shows that you even love but maybe this season isn't your favorite like i would i've always i've said this i love that the, my idea for movie reviews would be Movie reviews should only happen for movies that people like at least something about. Yes. Like, because if they pan it, like, what, then, then when you see a movie with a lot of reviews, you'll be like, wow, people must really like this one. Yeah. Uh, and if you see, like, the big reviewers, like, oh, who, who likes, who do I like that likes this? And if there's only a few, be like, maybe I'll read them. Maybe it'll be for me. Like, I just saw the movie. I'm thinking of ending things. Mm-hmm. And it, I'd gotten a few weird and or not great reviews about it, but I read, 
uh, I got another one that was kind of like, I think you, I thought of you and I Aww. like Charlie Kaufman and some, mm. some of his weird stuff. And I, we watched it the other night and I really got into it and I like, I'd watch it again and I'm going to watch Synecdoche in New York again. Anyway, so just, I, I find value in your finding value in things. <laughs> and the, yeah, we the, do, the uh, we do spoil movie reviews. And one of the things we do, one, we spoil it, right? So we want to do movie reviews for people that are okay with us talking about it. But two, we say, what do we like? And then the other segments, what we didn't like. So like sure. every, cause I feel like there's something to like about every fucking, there's a, you did a thing. It's a major undertaking to make a movie. Very rarely have we seen a movie that's like, I can't think of one thing it's rare that we like there's always like a character actor or like something funny yes, like it's bad but this person acted their ass off yeah there's always something and i think that that matters because if not it does become a hate fest yes. and also with our tv recaps because of uh the tone of us liking things it makes our audience people who like things yeah so it's like a feedback loop of them being oh, like yeah. i love your reviews and i love the show and the people that kind of hate it just kind of fall okay. away because yes, they're not very positive yeah they're like oh well why would i want to ruin your good time so the exactly 100 percent. now to answer your question to tell people about the album i'm going to do a brief it's going to seem a little roundabout you won't know exactly how it's coming but it's a, a a demonstration of the kind of thing that might happen on the album as well uh so there's an there's a Zen story I've heard about where there's like a Chinese farmer and uh, family, and their horse runs away, and somebody's like, "Oh, bad luck!" And then one of the farmers is like, "Maybe yes, maybe no." The next day, the horse comes back with another horse that it found out in the wild, and like, "Oh, you've got a new horse now! Great news!" And they're like, "Maybe yes, maybe no." Then. The next day, the son in the family starts to tame the new horse and gets thrown from it, and his leg breaks. And they're like, oh, a broken leg, bad news. And they're like, maybe yes, maybe no. Then the next day, or the next thing that happens, the army comes through, and they're like, we're drafting all able-bodied young men into the fight. And they're like, oh, he broke his leg. He doesn't have to be drafted. Great news. And they're like, maybe yes, maybe no. And so... This is to say, uh, in my life, I put out an album uh, before I ever even really started doing comedy. I had written a few jokes, and I was doing music, and it was called Open Mic Night, uh, and I recorded it at an open mic night in Boston over the course of 12 weeks. I did like five minutes a night, one song, and like two minutes of jokes a night. And so the album exists in my mother's basement, and like I have the tracks, but uh, it, it didn't have an, an ISBN number. Like you couldn't get it on Amazon. Like it was, it's, you would have to know me to get the album. And, uh, I was like, oh man, like later I saw like a friend self publish a book and he, he had it on Amazon. I was like, oh no, I wish I did that. I could have done it. Why did I do that? Cut to seven, seven years later. I'm doing comedy. I'm at a, a conference to get booked to perform at colleges. I was there two years in a row. I had great sets both years. I gave out that album after the first year. The next year, a guy came up to me and he's like, I saw you last year. You were great. I saw you this year. You were great. Last year, you gave us this album and we listened to it and it's not representative of what you're doing. So we didn't book you last year because we, th wow. we didn't remember your set. We just were trying to like, who was this guy? Oh, I don't, I don't know about this. And so I'm like, Oh, now I'm so grateful. It seemed like, Oh, you're, you <laughs> forgot to, 
You forgot to make your album accessible to everyone. Oh no, maybe yes, maybe no. You, oh, you didn't have your album that isn't representative of who you're going to become be available to everyone. That's great news. Maybe yes, maybe no. This is all to say I'm gr- as grateful as I am that that album is no longer available to almost <laughs> anyone unless they do the most work or ask me and I give them the greatest disclaimer that it's not even representative of who I was 12 years ago, let alone <laughs> Now, the album, a.k.a., that I put out this year that you graciously had me on this show to promote when it came out in May and again right now, and I'll come back anytime that we want and I can because I love talking to you guys. Uh, that album same. is representative of who I, at least who I was last year, and I've listened <laughs> to it more this year, and I feel strongly about it, and I'd love for anyone to listen to it in if you're a Grammy voter, especially, but if you're not anybody, <laughs> and thank you for spreading the words to with hashtag for your consideration, hashtag recording academy, hashtag Grammys or Grammy or Gram Mike, Grammy with a Q at the end of it, like <laughs> Grammy and ends with Mike, whatever you can do, sharing my posts, letting people know about the album or just listening yourself. Uh, I really appreciate it. I'm thrilled to have created it and to let people know. So thank you, Rod and Karen, for uh, having me here uh, as much as you do, in, if not in quantity, in quantity as well, but especially in quality. It's uh, a real pleasure. Thank you, Mike. Aww, thank you for coming. It's always fun with you. It's always fun. We always have these fun conversations. We and do. Uh, Oh, yeah. The audience always seems to enjoy these uh, special Zen-like episodes. So <laughs> thank you for coming. And yes. uh, y'all check out AKA, if you're, especially if you're a Grammy voter. Mm-hmm. make sure you check it out let's go ahead and see what we can do um and uh are you are are you doing any stand-up anywhere or i guess not stand-up but like Zoom or- Zoom oh, sure. and- great great question uh well actually i will be i have like a couple i perform in the park near my house once in a while uh and i do there may be another thing that's coming up in a couple of weeks but for sure on october 7th which is my birthday uh, I am doing a, a live streamed show that anyone can watch from anywhere at the Nowhere Comedy Club, an online comedy club. Uh, tickets are, if you, I, I actually haven't even posted it anywhere yet, but <laughs> it's the Nowhere Comedy Club, October 7th. My, I, but, and already some tickets have sold, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. <laughs> Josh Gondelman is gonna be on the show. Uh, Liz Glazer is gonna be on the show. Two of my funniest, wonderful friends. And Teresa Lee, uh, who's also a wonderful comedian friend is gonna be hosting. So that's a show, uh, that people can check out. Also, every Saturday, I do a live stream Zoom. Uh, where I record a podcast live. So if you're ever interested in that, send me a message online at Mike Kaplan, Mike Kaplan at Gmail. You can be in the audience or you can listen to them after when I release them. It's called The Faucet. My other podcast is Broccoli and Ice Cream, uh, and the album. But if you, if you only listen to one thing, aka, but if you want to come out to a live stream show, uh, any Saturday or October 7th, my birthday at the Nowhere Comedy Club. Go and follow Mike uh, on social media. Uh, check him out. Su- super funny, man. Uh, super is, smart. Yes. Um, and just the what the things that Mike does with words and puns will make you hate yourself for <laughs> loving for loving the puns and the words so much. And I know you, a lot of you guys love when me and Karen go on pun runs, but it's <laughs> it's, it's not even close to what no what Mike is capable of doing. So check him out. Here's what I do. I'll, I'll say this will be the last thing on the, on the subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put the h in pun and make it fun 
see don't you hate and love yourself at the same time <laughs> that was it all right thank, thank you so much mike uh we'll be back thank uh, you all. tomorrow for our recap of uh lovecraft country, country. Mm-hmm. uh so we'll see you guys then until then i love you i love you too Mwah. <laughs>